This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Christ, what a, a frightening little cut to with your face zoomed right into the camera. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> Hello, mate. All right. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, glad to be back on uh, a winning streak now of one yeah. for, for chain wrestling. So, yeah. yeah even if you had to, like, you were a little bit dodgy, you know, a little bit of a grey area with your selection, weren't there? Let's be honest, we'll get to that in a minute, I think. Yeah, You've got to butter up the electorate. Uh, You've got to give him something to to vote for. Yeah, Roydo, mate, Roydo. (laughs) Oh, dear. Good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or indeed watching our beautiful bearded mushes from. This is Train Wrestling Naive with Mags and Sai, a Radio Techers production. I am Sai, and joining me as always is the Diamond Dallas Page to my really feeling my age today. The Monday Nitro to my rhyming intro. Oh yes, that was good, that was good, come on. Because it's about the rhyming intro I'm doing, whilst rhyming in the intro that I'm currently doing. It's just oh. levels, levels of, Mate, it's just of skill. That, isn't it? Like that. Yeah. John Cena's Doctor of Thugonomics character has got you, fuck all on me. You're lacking on you, you're lacking on you, you've got layers. A podcaster who, after... 45 episodes of chain wrestling with the same format randomly last week decided to change the freaking rules just so we could win a poll but hey we'll get to that shortly the podfather himself mr mags how are we doing my good friend sir 
Kablam, how are you? I'm doing really good. Uh, yeah, um, been a, a, a busy weekend, plenty of, of content going on. We've, uh, we uh, did obviously the UFC content on, on Saturday, and then um, Tanner, uh, myself, Ray, and Aura, oh, and, and Chris, uh, all from the Radio Techers team, we did a kind of a Premier League 101 for our American viewers to kind of get them uh, ingratiated into the English Premier League. Um, so, yeah, we've had a busy but fun weekend yourself. Yeah, not too bad, mate, not too bad. Um, again, fairly busy. Uh, we had Liv's football on Sunday, so I went to go watch her play. Um, so, oh, yeah, Saturday night, I, uh, I went to a wrestling event, mate. Oh, but you not, did, but but not as a punter. No, I went wrestling before anyone starts getting wrong. <laughs> <idea. laughs> you know, I don't get me wrong. I'm six foot tall and I've got glorious hair, but I'm not built for it. <laughs> Simon Powell, ASH. That's what he went as. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was um I was doing some commentary with mm-hmm. our good buddy Mr. Benny Mack, who is part of the Radio Checkers team here. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I, I get quite nervous, as as you're aware, Magsy. Um, I was getting, I've never noticed. <laughs> I was getting picked up at uh, five on the Saturday for the show starting at half seven-ish. Um, four o'clock, I had a major bite of nerves, a major wobble, and the wife had to convince me to go because I was having a little tantrum of, no, I'm 40 years of age. If I don't want to go, I'm not going because I was like proper you know, stressing about it. Um, <laughs> oh, I can picture it. I can so picture it. <laughs> but no, you it can't well. make me go. <laughs> <laughs> and she was proper talking to me like I was a toddler as well. You're doing what bloody told. What about Ben? You can't leave him on his own and, <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. Like, um, but it went well, mate. It went well. It was very warm. We were sat mm-hmm. up on. Um, I've got a picture I'll show on. I'll, I'll share it on the Radio Techers uh, Twitter and the Chain Wrestling Twitter after. But where the entrance way is at, at the venue, we were sat up next to at the back by the on the stage where the entrance is, where the wrestlers so are coming out. Kind of like the AEW setup. Um, yeah, except they've got a big arena. And we've basically got, I mean, we had a desk that I think if I coughed, all of it would have just fallen onto the people sat in front of us. <laughs> it was can, very, can very tight. Like that picnic table from last week's show. Yeah. Um, it was so cramped and tight and, you know, and where the lights were as well, I effectively had two spotlights here. Okay. So I'm quite rosy on the one side of my face at the moment where I think that this, this light has burnt me. Um, it's... <laughs> I was sweating like I was sweating more than some of the wrestlers, mate. You know, but I think first couple of matches I was quite nervous, but by the time the third match came around, I I like to think I did all right. Hopefully, when it comes out on on the Evolution Wrestling YouTube channel, that was either the first time I've heard it back. Hopefully, it sounds okay listening back. Then they've asked me to come back and do more shows this year, so so maybe next next time sit on the opposite side of the 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 light and tan. The, the opposite side of your face. Uh, I can't because there's no light that side. We're cramped right up against the side of the stage. Uh, then the wrestlers come out there. And also, where we've got the tiny little table, me and Benny, he's got all his equipment on there for, for doing the audio. I'm right-handed. I'm the one making lots of notes because I panic about getting something wrong. If I'm sat this side, I'm going to be elbowing him all the time whilst I try and write. Because <laughs> we are really penned in. Maybe you'll have to kind of sit with your back to the action. Yeah, put, put a big mirror at the top. The narcissist Lex Luger just yeah. watched it through a mirror. <laughs> All those spy glasses. Remember the spy glasses you used to get when you were a kid? They were like square sunglasses. And they'd be like, oh, oh, I can see behind me now. Not that any, why would anyone want to do that? You know, <laughs> especially when you're 11, you know? 
it is weird. But did you have a good time? That's the the main in thing. The, yes, in the end, yes. And I'm very glad that um, I sort of swallowed my nerves under pressure from the good lady to to get me to do it. So yeah, I, 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 we'll do it again, and hopefully, hope. Well, I say we'll do it again. I may hear it back when they release the footage and think that is bloody awful. I ain't doing that again. But we'll see how it goes. So <laughs> yeah, we're, we're already getting plenty of, uh, of comments in the chat uh, talking between themselves again. Not really, uh, really. Uh, this is more like a, a mother's meeting than a, than a, a podcast. Really, <laughs> people just gather to to have a chinwag. Uh, but uh, Chris Bellis uh, making his live debut here, uh, w- uh, watching along. So welcome, Chris. Uh, Dan Griffin, very poorly, very sick. Dan Griffin uh, this week. Uh, he's not feeling uh, the, yeah. the best of sorts. Uh, your good lady uh, Sharon in the chat, as well as Anya. Matt, who was waiting a good what hour and a half before we even went he live, which is absolutely amazing. Dedicated. Scottish Danny from Kent, all the way from from <laughs> Kent. There, um, Dan Griffin saying, "Did I refer to you as Shrek by saying you were like an onion because you've got layers?" And so I'm glad someone picked up on my is on that my, is that my from Shrek, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I Have just you never seen Shrek. I, I think so. I think no, I think I've seen it all the way through. We'll move on. Okay. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> Scottish Danny uh, is requesting what I think we pretty all of us want to to find out is is there any footage of this of this commentary? Yeah, it's um uh, the evolution. I don't know how many of you are on on Facebook, but the evolution wrestling page. If you like that uh, on uh, on Facebook, then I think the videos will be posted there because they're trying to get um their footage up on there but it'd be via youtube anyway so when i realize it's been shared i'll, I'll share it myself mm-hmm. so hopefully you'll be able to catch it on youtube or wherever on there as well um like i said first time ever doing anything like this live very nerve-wracking please don't judge me on this let me get a couple under my belt before sort of deciding <laughs> We we would all be in the same boat. No, if we ever had the opportunity to to do something like that, we would all be as nervous as 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 you would have been. So it's not it's cool that you've been able to do it. Yeah, again, ultimately at the end of it, I I, I enjoyed it. So yeah, yeah, pretty good, pretty good. So Sharon is saying she's touched Adam Cole. Well, <laughs> uh, she held the hand of somebody who has wrestled him. So that's a touch by proxy. I mean, you may now have passed COVID onto Adam Cole. Which this is um, just think about that, Sharon. Think about what you've done. Lee Hunter, this guy. If anyone's seen Lee Hunter wrestle, oh, he is good. He is very, very good. Um, and Sharon was wearing her Adam Cole T-shirt when my girls went through the meet and greet and got their their poster signed by all the wrestlers. And Lee Hunter was there and he signed signed the thing. And um, he got talking to Sharon about Adam Cole and said, "Yeah, there's a video on YouTube. Me, me and my me and my brother wrestled him and Carla Riley." And that's when the whole thing about he touched Adam Cole, so Sharon touched him, and I just kind of walked off and left her to it when she gets like that. You know, she starts randomly touching sweaty men. It's like just, you know. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, Anya has uh, said that her, her class watched us on the, the big screen today. Well, assuming oh, she okay. means us, unless she's got a, a, um, a for, uh, early copy of your commentary, maybe. Um, and her friend Adam uh, has joined in the chat as well. Uh, Batty Driller, uh, that sounds maybe a little bit wrong there, uh, fella. But well, especially considering he's interacting with my daughter. Yeah, what's that all about? 
and, and this is me going to be cool with the with the the kids now. So that's Wagwan Madrillas, and I think that means what you're saying. So that's uh, Street Talk with Mags. Street Talk with <laughs> Mags. That's a whole different show. That is. It and I just subscribed to that show. <laughs> <laughs> and also in the chat, um, Charlie. So yeah, we've uh, we've got a full uh, Powell household almost. So yeah. yeah. Lovely stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So, Maxi, good week, bad week. Yeah, it was, um, it was interesting. Busy weekend, like I said. Uh, we had yeah. uh, UFC covered and uh, um, the the football, which uh, we were only actually planning on doing about 45 minutes or so, just like a, a brief uh, uh, introduction to a lot of uh, our, our American followers into the world of football. We actually ended up going about two hours. Um, okay. And we uh, pitched to Aura and Ray, uh, a Premier League team that they can start following. Um, whether they accept those uh, pitches or not, we'll, uh, we'll see. I thought was a United fan. Well, we, we're trying to talk uh, down from that ladder. Don't listen to Amori. Okay, so, spoiler, I think the video is dropping sometime this week, but spoiler um, is that we may have got her to cross over to the dark side and she, uh, she maybe I'm from the, the sky blue side of Manchester from now on. Why the, what is that? Cause I made the dig last week about Burnley being a small little village just attached to Blackburn and you're trying to get your own back. I mean, is that what this is about? You said what you said. Are you, are you still salty about that? <laughs> I will forever be salty about that. I had to <laughs> prove today that Padium was not uh, a land of myth on right. Twitter, and and people still think it's uh, from The Hobbit, which it is. <laughs> people from Padding look like they, they're from The Hobbit. Brilliant. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. I, I say things and I instantly regret it. So Anya's just confirming he doesn't uh, – uh, Adam doesn't actually talk like that. Um, but Scottish Danny says, Street Talk with Mags coming to YouTube soon. Uh, and Sharon, chain wrestling Street Talk with Mags after dark. I mean, I might have to let Adam school me on some of the, the cool kids' vernacular before we, we go vernacular. there. But that, yes. It is this chain wrestling <laughs> after dark is getting more and more. It's going to have an eight-hour show at this rate, the way things are getting added and added and added. Chris Bellis will have him yapping like a juggler in no time. I actually think uh, a chain wrestling after dark episode would be fun where we just rip the absolute piss out of some very, very shitty wrestling. Yeah, fair enough. We could have quite a risque non wrestling mm-hmm. topic, maybe. Yeah, you we know, could. <laughs> make sure there's an 18 certificate thing at the bottom of whatever we're doing. Yes. Oh, dear. Okay. Um, I suppose, speaking of. Twitter interactions and so on, and interactions with people on our chat. Uh, we should get to our non-wrestling topic today, Magsy. Yes, and it was a, a banger of a topic, a, a very cruel one from you. Uh, yeah, it, a lot of food for thought, especially with the, the stipulations that you put in place. Yeah, I, I just thought, I, I don't know, I think it might be when we were watching Buzzcocks. Uh, oh, did you see that? Never mind, the Buzzcocks has returned. Uh, I've heard the rumours. I don't know who's the the horse or the, the 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 team captains. Okay, so the host is Greg Davis, the big fella. Oh, get fucked. No, he's great, man. Hmm. He's great. No, I'll, I'll, I'll try it because I do like the show. Um, right. 
but do they fit Buzzcocks? Because they were always like kind of like smarmy, um, kind of hip comedians with uh, with Mark Lamond and uh, mm-hmm. Sarah and Amstel. Greg Davis is like he's older than us. Do you mean does he fit because he's a giant man? And not only that, but he's also is <laughs> is not the kind of witty comedian that Mark Lamar and Simon Amstel were. They would rip the piss out of everybody. And I don't oh, think yeah, he's he does like that. that. He does that, but it, it makes does, me laugh. Will he make like Preston from the ordinary boys storm off the shore? I don't know if he. I don't know if we're getting to that level, but <laughs> um, they've got a. Oh, I can't remember the dude's name. Sharon might remember. Um, they got a comedian who's like a permanent guest on the one panel, but I, I don't, I've never seen him before until he's been on this. And then um, Noel, what's his face? Oh, the, Noel Fielding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's uh, Sh- like Sharon's just said it in, in the chat oh, yeah. as well. Uh, Noel is still on. Yeah, um, yeah. He 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 was funny. Yeah, he's the captain on one side, <laughs> and then that Daisy, is it Daisy Lee Cooper, the one from? The blonde lass who did um, this country. Oh yeah, I like her. Yeah, she's on. She's, she's, she's the bit, captain on the other team. Daft, isn't she? Yeah, oh, she's rubbish at this. She is when they've done like the you know the um, uh, the guess the intros ranked and they got to have the intro and all that. Okay. She is awful, but that what that's what makes it funny because she is so so bad. You know, I'm, I'm, there's like three episodes I think they've done this week already. Mags on like Sky Max or Sky One or something like that. And me and Sharon honestly are laughing so much. Yeah, um, Chris Bellis has just said in the chat is uh, the the other guy's called Jamal in Maddox. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen him about. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I'll check it out. I'll definitely check it out because it's one of those shows that um, I really grew up on. I thought it's absolutely brilliant. Um, I don't know how I feel about Greg Davis being uh, the the horse, but I'll give it a chance. I see. I like Greg Davis anyway. So yeah, I mean, I don't mind him. I think he was good in in the Inbetweeners, and uh, he's he's good on Taskmaster. Uh, but he just doesn't seem to be the the hip young comedian that that you usually have on a, a Buzzcocks. You're just being. Really picky. Ageist. Yeah, I'm ageist. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have a, a an obsession with bubbly chocolate. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to have these weird foibles about stuff. Yeah. What if Greg Davis turned around and on Buzzcocks said, you know, bubbly chocolate's a con and just echoed your thoughts? Would that bad tonight? <laughs> I would I would join his fan club. <laughs> <laughs> Look, oh, Charlie acting like the Terminator there in the chat. What's that going on? She will I be back. Will be back. <laughs> I'll see you in a bit, Charlie. <laughs> uh, okay. So this week's non-wrestling topic, yeah, it was quite a mean one, but I suppose it kind of popped in my head because of Buzz Cox and they were talking about music and so on on that show. Obviously, um, I thought to myself, what could you have if you could only have one album to listen to for the rest of your life? That was it. That's the only album you are allowed for the rest of your life. What would you pick? And my mind straight away went to a best of certain artists. Mm-hmm. And I, I sort of went, mm, that was a bit easy for me. If it's easy for me, it's going to be crazy easy for everyone else because I'm not the brightest. So I was, <laughs> I was thinking, how can I make this a bit trickier? So I said to Magsy, didn't I? We'll have um, no greatest hits or no mm-hmm. best of compilations. So there's, yeah. you've got to literally pick, uh, if that to be a studio album, we've had a couple of people get around it a little bit with the live stuff, but that's okay. Um, 
we've had some absolutely banging responses, haven't we? Some some albums that I didn't know of, or some albums I've not heard of for years. Um, just absolutely brilliant stuff, mate. Yep. We got some some great answers. Uh, some that I, I uh, expected, uh, knowing uh, the musical taste of, uh, of some of our uh, viewers and listeners, but some quite out there ones, uh, ones that uh, I didn't really expect. Uh, so, yeah, let's, let's uh, get into it. Yeah, sure. Um, one of the first people to respond, I'll be honest, this surprised me. This was a surprising thing for me, and it's our good friend Tolly. Uh, at Rain Counter on Did Twitter. it surprise me at all? Because I, I already not really? knew this. No, I already knew his obsession with this band. Ah, see, now I've always, whenever I've, we've done anything music orientated on the show, and whenever you and me have discussed Tolly, or I've spoken to him myself on brief occasions, it's always been about Manic Street Preachers. Yeah. So I assumed from Tolly that was what I was going to get a Manic Street Preachers album or something. But he actually it, went with, um, sorry, go on. If, if he was going to pick a Manix one, it would be the Holy Bible. He absolutely is obsessed with that. Uh, but yeah, he's a. Uh, I, 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 th- I figured he would go with this album because uh, whenever we've done Badlands, he's always really wax lyrical about uh, his love for Electric Six and especially this album. So. Okay. Yeah, so Electric Six Fire was his choice. Danger, danger. High voltage. Wind return. When we cheers, danger, danger, high voltage. But he comes, he continues. Um, not his favorite album, but if he could only listen to one, it would have to be that because it's overwhelmingly a beat. Now, that album, Max, is that the one with um, the, the sort of the big singles they had, like Gay yeah, Bar? Yeah. And... So they had Electric Six had two really big hits, uh, yeah. both were on this album. Uh, the, the first one was Danger High Voltage. Yes, um, yes, and then the the second one was Gay Bar. Um, they kind of like faded away in terms of mainstream after that, but um, they're still. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think that they're still a very active band now. Uh, yeah, yeah um, Tolly loves that album, so I'm I'm not surprised they picked that. Yeah, that there was a fella who used to, when I used to work at the um, before COVID hit and everything changed and everything got shut down and so on. Um, I used to work at this 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 warehouse car parts place that, that i ran with a few other guys and um one of the guys who worked there for us was in charge of the music and he'd have a playlist of god knows thousands of albums just on shuffle all the time and so on and whenever songs from that album came on everyone joined in i thought it was great so i can see why tolly's gone with that because <laughs> I, i've not even thought about that album or that band since leaving that place but yeah that was a that was a storming record yeah um, just before you go to the next one, we've got some comments here in the chat. Uh, Dan Griffin saying he's got a chocolate annoyance that may rival uh, my bubbly chocolate hatred. Um, I highly doubt it, but I'm sure uh, I'd like to to hear about that. Uh, Connor McCabe in the chat. Connor, how are you, sir? I've been uh, seeing you knocking around for a, a few days. Hope you're doing well. Um, Anya and Batty Driller, a.k.a. Adam, are uh, going at it, saying that, I think he's mocking us, saying we're not very hip with the kids. So, See, the ironic thing is we know that, so we're okay yeah. with it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And uh, and you're threatening to steal his dog. So Right, okay. Maybe pipe down, Adam. Yeah. How very gypsy of you, Anya. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. And Andy from Bang Bang Podcast has said he's he saw um, 
he saw uh, Electric Six in, in Bristol. Uh, and he said the lead singer Dick is about seven foot tall. Yeah, he's a very, very tall man. Right. I think he's seven. He's not Kane levels at all. Kane, yeah. <laughs> he's Chris quite spindly, fella. They play Hull every year too. Lovely lads. So, yeah, they, they're a, a, I mean, they're not really my cup of tea now, but mm. those two hits were huge. Um, yeah. So, and Sharon has to go low, bro. The low hanging fruit. Jesus Christ, Sharon. Yeah, I, I know you probably can't see because of the lighting and I'm a little screen at the moment, but I'm rolling my eyes at you. <laughs> uh, uh, Radio Tucker's Twitter account responded. So this will be our good friend, Tanner. And he and confused you with this one. I don't know what the bloody hell he was on about. He sent me a picture of some factory somewhere in Birmingham or some shit. I don't know. You know, <laughs> <Bristol>. <laughs> that's definitely Bristol. Yeah. So I just said, about like, what am I looking at here?" And um, he responded with with this, you know, a more spread out screenshot, I guess. And it's um, "Animals" by Pink Floyd. Now, mm-hmm. I see so much love for Pink Floyd from so many different places. You know, um, especially you know, older people because they you know, they would remember them from when they were out and so on. Younger people discovering them and they got this huge following and all that sort of stuff. But I've never got it. I've never got Pink Floyd. Apart, barring a couple of tracks, you know, obviously Brick in the Wall's fantastic and a few others, but I've, I've never got Pink Floyd. Same way I've never really got Zeppelin. Um, even though I'm a, I'm a big rocker, I've, I've never really got Zeppelin. Um, so this album... I don't know if I've heard anything off it, Max. Yeah, uh, I'd never even heard of the album. Um, I, I'm kind of like you. I'm not a huge uh, fan of, uh, of Pink Floyd outside like the major hits. Um, I'm not a massive kind of like the, of that progressive, uh, like psychedelic kind of uh, experimental rock in the mm. first place. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, one thing that Tanner does have is he does have really good taste in music. Um, He's uh, he's been contemplating having a, a, a music based show here on Radio Techers. Um, and he's very, very uh, into his vinyl, uh, into his uh, retro music on Headlock Talk. He used to have a, a recommendation for album of the week to, to close the show. And, oh, okay. uh, some of the stuff is, is very out there, he's got a very eclectic uh, music taste. But um, if he says it's a good album, uh, I, I tend to trust him on that. Hmm. Maybe I'll give it a listen later on after I... Well, I'll have to. Um, oh, yeah, whilst I think of that very quickly, anyone who who listens to the audio version uh, later in the week, you'll probably hear some tracks from these records playing oh, good Lord. on the thing. I can, I can sense another copyright claim coming on. It's on a podcast, mate. No, no, no. no. It's only on YouTube. No one listens to it. <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah, there might, it might be certain bits and bobs chucked on so you can have a listen and so on. And so, on. so listen to the audio version when it's out later in the week because you will and, have and, little bits of extra. To... Whilst you're in the chat, throw in some, uh, some of your picks uh, for, yeah. for, for your favourite music. Uh, this one thing I, I always like is to increase my uh, kind of uh, music taste, broaden my horizon. So, yeah, throw out some, uh, some of your favourite albums, but only one, and it can't be a, uh, a greatest hits or, a, or a, a compilation. No. Them's the rules. That is the rules. That's the rules. Um I got all, well. I spoke about Tanner surprising me with his choice of uh, uh, Electric Six and not um, Manic Street Preachers. I got surprised here as well by the next tweet we received because I was thoroughly expecting our good friend Chris Mangle at Mangle and Saw Chris on Twitter 
to, to have something maybe Minogue sister orientated or even their good buddy, uh, Mr. Donovan. You know, because of his, <laughs> or or yeah. a push Savage Garden. Savage Garden, yeah. Or didn't um, uh, Paul Robinson release a couple of singles and he had that leather jacket Jesus on? He was, he was probably giving it some individual out on he like, whoa. Oh, like, was that, know. was it Stefan Dennis? I think his That's name it. is. Yeah. yeah, look at our knowledge magazine, knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but no, there's no neighbours based you know, music at all coming from Mr. Mangle here. I'm surprised. I'm disappointed and horrified. Mm. Yeah. If you're listening, um, if you're in the chat or if you're listening to the audio, Chris, drop us a, drop us a tweet at some stage or jump in the chat and let us know. Um, who are your, your favourite Australian performers? Preferably from the cast of Neighbours. I mean, I'm intrigued. Um, however, he goes with Oasis B-Sides album, Masterplan. That is a banger. That is album. very, very good. Very I mean, good indeed. That is better than a lot of bands' A-sides. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was to pick an Oasis album, I think I'd probably still go with Morning Glory mm-hmm. as as the one. I, so I always find it difficult to choose between the two. Um, I've always preferred the original album, definitely, maybe, because I think it's a bit heavier, mm-hmm. and that's where my sort of my tastes lie but Morning Glory is just full of so many bangers isn't it but the master plan is so good as well yeah um, I think the difference with, with Morning Glory and, and uh, definitely maybe is you can tell Noel had way more influence in, in Morning Glory yeah uh, you could tell he, he really found his groove in, in telling stories with songs uh, mm. where uh, like I said definitely maybe is is, is more based on, on the heavier kind of a indie style Um but I, I don't think there's really a bad Oasis album, especially in the, in the earlier ones. Um, I mean, even like BA now, even though it was massively overproduced, uh, there's still some cracking tracks on that album. Oh, do you know what I mean? The opening track, that's mm-hmm. that's one of my favourite Oasis records. After Be Here Now, I find a lot of Oasis to be a touch ropey. Yeah, but... yeah. Um, when... Kind of when uh, Noel checked out, you, know, you could sense the tensions were were coming a uh, mm. uh, a little bit more. I think uh, they produced better stuff being apart than they've they have been in in Oasis in the, in the later hours. Uh, uh, the stuff that that uh, Liam's doing recently uh, has been some absolute crackers. And uh, Noel's uh, band is it's called the Half Line Birds. They've yeah. uh, they've had some great tracks as well. So. Um, I would like them to get back to over though for for one last uh, Nebworth gig. Yeah, would you go? Absolutely, in a heartbeat. I'd meet you there, Magsy. Yeah. We could camp together, mate. We could. We could. We'd, I mean, we'd, we'd, need, a, we we'd need a <laughs> we'd need a super sized tent. We would. We would just to make sure we're far enough away from each other. So. <laughs> oh, um, Mr. Mangle continues. The dead safe in hell. I'll be in good company. Um, oh, it's a music video he sent there. Apologies. Okay. Uh, he says that he's been well, listening that to this. Count? No. So. Been listening to this on YouTube and gone all alt country tang- on an alt country tangent. So, okay. I'll, I'll listen to that later on. Thanks for that, Chris. Um, he, he also kind of chirps in on uh, on that good friend uh, Danny, Scottish Juggalo's uh, pick. Good friend uh, of the show. Absolutely <laughs> great friend of the show. Um, Danny picks uh, Creed. Uh, the album Weather uh, again um, Creed weren't massively huge here in the UK I don't think but they had some some decent size hits I think Mass Sacrifice is probably the biggest one uh, and and Chris uh, Chris Bangle tends to agree says uh, that uh, it's it's 
class um, that is uh, quite apart from the uh, 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 the Stone Cold commentations. I mean, the WWE did like to use that that kind of like soft rock uh, music in their promos, and and they 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 churned out great promos. Because I mean, My Way and the 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 Masterclass one. So yeah, that's a that's a great pick by uh, by Danny. The um the lead singer is it Sap his name Scott yeah. Sap or Sap Sean Ross Sap. No, that's somebody else, isn't it? That's a dude on Twitter. What are you on about? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he um he sounds like he's singing just through his nose, though, doesn't he? Or someone's pinched his nose. You know, they were huge here in Kent. <laughs> Scottish Danny, living <laughs> the only Scotch man to live in Kent. Yeah, yeah no, there we go. Well, it's a great pick, and I, I, I do like uh, a couple of their tracks. I'm, I, I'm, I wouldn't say I've, I've give the album a a lot of listens but yeah a couple of, of, yeah. of good tracks from them i've got it i've got the album um yeah, i, I think don't know I if i've played it i don't know if i played it in like 20 years but it, it probably sounds like he's like got a cold or something all that sort of stuff isn't it yeah you know i think that's actually lyrics from the uh from the song as well Look at that, 20 you nailed years it. That, eh? you oh. nailed it I'm, that's it, I'm done. I'm taking my headset off. I'm going, Mags, you're on your own. It ain't getting better than that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, were, I was on um, this week's Bang Bang podcast, and I have, I have a tendency to to sing on podcasts. I don't know. It's a weird foible that I've got. <laughs> <laughs> what did you sing? Do you know what? I can't I even remember. Oh, I closed the show with uh, the – I mean, you've been on uh, Bang Bang recently, and you have to mm. – one of the kind of like endings that they've got now is you pick the, the outro music. Yes. Uh, so um, everybody's been on and picked like wrestler theme tunes, which is obviously the the norm of it being a wrestling podcast. So I curveballed him and I'm, I made Andy dig out the the Santino Morella rap. Um, oh dear! What do you mean, Andy? It's one of the best bits of WWE in the last twenty years. I'm when looking he, forward when, to listening to that. When he raps against William Regal, cheating to to win his RC title. Right. Okay. It's a banger. I'll, I'll, I'll check that out. I'll check that out. I, I don't really remember that happening, so that's going to be quite interesting. It really did happen, I promise you. And I have I cho- never forgotten it. I chose um, uh, the WCW Hulk Hogan theme. Because mm-hmm. I reckon that's a banger. And Andy said it's awful. But I was like... It, it was awful. It wasn't awful. It was great. Yeah, you should be ashamed of yourself. It's got the red, white and blue running through here. That's fantastic, mate. Proper, proper cheese... Are you going to stop? <laughs> All right. Okay. No more singing, I promise. Don't meet me again. <laughs> He's American Hello, brother. Yeah. 
That's it. Yeah, that's right. Um, back to our non-wrestling topic. Uh, we had Rob at UTT Rob on Twitter. So, and this is a bit more at my street, I think. Saying he'd probably go with Metallica, the Black Album. Um, doesn't think he'd skip through stuff on Spotify. That album wouldn't be enough. But, however, that's the album he would choose from. Um, I, I can get on board with that. But for Metallica, for me, I like maybe stuff a bit earlier because this is when they stopped being quite as thrashy, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like Justice for All and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah. Well, but, no. I, I, I like more of the, the kind of middle of the career stuff that they did uh things like uh, the memory remains uh, okay I, yeah. I really like the um the track they did for mission impossible um i disappear that's a, a banger of a track yeah that sort of um yeah you're right i mean this is the album that, that they sort of made a bit of a change mm-hmm. before this you had the likes of like i said kill them all and, and justice for all and you know master of puppets, puppets obviously yeah. the Oh my goodness! If you if you're into metal or thrash metal, or that's to me that's like the blueprint on how to make a heavy metal album. That is superb. And the story goes that with the Black album, because they started using a, a, some keyboards and they cut their hair and they put a bit of makeup, like the black lines under their eyes for the poster and all. There's a story that um, their producer tells that when the posters went up in Paris for the tour, the album stopped selling overnight people just stopped buying it because they cut their hair and they looked that way. Wow. Because they upset a lot of fans by changing from the sort of sweaty nightclubs, master of puppets effort. But this album made them, uh, you know, millionaires. It This this kicked their career off, you know? So mm-hmm. I mean, well, I'd say kicked it off, took it to another level more so. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got to remember that these guys are, are artists and they're... they're they probably felt that they were maybe stagnating in the in mm. the genre they're in, and that most kind of uh, musicians do want to experiment. That's the whole point of, of of music that you you have fun with it and you experiment, and, and that's the the direction they went in. Like I said, it made them absolutely uh, massive, massive millionaires. Yeah, exactly. And again, it, it, you want to be playing bigger arenas, making more money. If that's what you want to do, mm-hmm. you look at say Megadeth ex-Metallica member left Megadeth they must think sorry left Metallica to start Megadeth or was kicked out and whatever um, he still very much plays the early Metallica sound of, of, of that, that kind of um, mid to late 80s thrash metal they're still playing little venues dotted around rather well, where Metallica are playing stadiums so yeah. I suppose it shows you know and, and every album that they drop is a huge deal even if it's even if it's terrible like which most like of them have recently yeah. yeah. Oh, Saint Anger. Oh my God. The title track's bearable. The rest of it's just absolutely dog dirt. It is. Um, Sharon in the chat saying you should hang your head in shame, Simon. I think After that's from the, the Hogan thing. Uh, and then I don't think she's a big fan of Metallica because she said someone she's suggested the other day that I put a Metallica song on a playlist. I politely declined, and by mm. politely, I think she means very rudely and viciously declined. Yeah, the thing is, when you talk about Metallica, all I can hear in my head is James Hetfield going, "Yeah, yeah," because that's all he yeah. does. Like every song in it, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." That's my James Hetfield impression. Does that work? It's brilliant. I thought you were in the room. Thanks, mate. <laughs> 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 I know I could count on your support, Magsy. Um, um, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, Rob wasn't the only person who actually brought up uh, that album. Um, no, very true. I think Chris, this is actually one of the few albums that got, that got love several from different hits, people. Yeah. yeah. 
Chris in the chat who was also chastising us for hating on St. Anger. Listen, it's crap. You know it's crap. We know it's crap. It's the way it's um, produced. It sounds like it sounds like um is that is love... St. Anger the one that did a um a concert in a prison? Yeah, the video for the actual t- yeah, the video for the title yeah. track St. Anger is in the prison. And it sounds like you know, it sounds like it was produced in the fucking prison. Lars Ulrich sounds like he is he hasn't got a drum kit, he's just got like a couple of pots and pans out of his mum's cupboard and he's beating them <laughs> with his with a his metal cup yeah. and he's just like grinding just, against the yeah. bars. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh <laughs> stop that now. Um, <laughs> uh Chris agrees. He says that Metallica the Black Album, he says it's the most perfect album I have in my collection. Uh, even I couldn't listen to uh, RCP for the rest of my life. I mean, I, I, I get there's a lot of love for, for RCP, and um, it, it seems to be such positivity. It's just something that is never really kind of uh, been on my radar. Um, but, yeah, good on them. Um, if the, the amount of kind of love, the, the juggalo, um, um, community spread is it's super but it's just that kind of music is not really for me outside of the the song about magnets that's a, a banger icp yeah insane clown posse oh. shaggy, shaggy two dope and violent j i think he's called i know nothing by them mm-hmm. well i read look, that when he tweeted that in icp and for, i'm not gonna lie for ages i was racking my brain what's he on about do you think it was just it's about jim crockett promotions wrong yeah, and I was like, probably... <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I'm thinking an album with like the Midnight Express guesting on it or something like that is, you know. So when you get a chance, um, go on YouTube and search Insane Clown Posse Magnets because they okay. they, they do a song where they don't. Part of the song is is where they they say how do magnets work, like they don't understand how magnets work. Right. I think it, the song might be called Miracles. I think it's called okay. Miracles. I'll uh, check that yeah. out when we're, when we're done here, when I'm editing. I'll have a little listen to that as well. Oh, okay. Um, speaking of people who confused me a little bit, it wasn't just ICP that puzzled me. Um, I was confused a little bit by our good buddy Millwall Chris. Yeah. Millwall Chris won on Twitter. He said he doesn't really like music. Now, he was winding me up, but I didn't take... There's no There's no tone of voice or anything like that on, on Twitter, is there? So I took it as he I just mean, genuinely doesn't like no, music. And I was like, no context at all. I was like, what a weirdo. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then he called you a weirdo. Well, he, he calls people who doesn't like music a weirdo and said it was a joke, sir. Mm. It was yes. a joke. It, it was a joke. was a joke. But um, his selection is quite funny. <laughs> um, well, the Macho well, Man <laughs> Randy Savage album, Be a Man. Uh, he, yeah, Savage, I love Randy Savage, but before he died, he made this rap album. Randy it, Savage it, rapping. It's all about hating Hogan, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it all about yeah. hating Hogan? Yeah. The song Be A Man is basically him challenging Hogan to a real-life fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure Hogan yeah. responded. I mean, maybe maybe Hogan's got an album in the works and before Macho passed away. A country album where he sings back, you know, name your time and place or something. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's on the, in the works. But Check out his eyebrows. Oh, my word. Look at that. They're horrific. Um, he looks very cross, doesn't he? I, I feel that Millwall Chris is maybe taking the piss with that pick. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think so. Well, I, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> oh, the way I see it, that's that's his answer. So if, if yeah, this, I mean, 
he's got to stick with that. Now, if he's ever trapped on a desert island, that's what he's taking with him. Be yeah, a man. That's it. Uh, macho man, Randy Savage. <laughs> uh, Anya in the chat um, on Twitter, she responded, um, I, uh, Fuck Love for over you by the kid Laroy. Can't wait to see him live again in April. Such an amazing that, talent for a 17-year-old. I've got no idea those. I, I thought that she maybe had like, fallen over and landed on a keyboard. <laughs> none of those words made a lick of sense to me. No. But the album co- the album cover's quite cool, to be fair. The kid floating yeah. out of the deck, that's quite smart. I like that. I mean, that's quite it's, good. Probably, it's probably been taken when he's been falling on the bed. Why have you got to ruin the magic? What's wrong with you? Sorry, I didn't realize this, this was your Santa. <laughs> you're, you're just like, you know, you're the sort of bloke who goes to like uh, a magic show and points out how the woman's been sawed in half, haven't you? I, <laughs> you know? I, have, I have genuinely looked up how magic tricks have been done once I've been like seeing a magician doing them. Because I, and you tell the missus, the missus go to shows with you. And she's as bad, she's as bad as me. She, she doesn't like uh surprises and so she wants to know how things are like that are done because let's be honest it's not magic it's it's sleight of hand and trickery it's no such mm. thing as magic well we'll see <laughs> so, so um conor mccabe another uh someone who is uh a lot younger and hipper than than us uh, he's saying that uh, he's a rapper that's cool with the kids right now uh, and he he was he's a platinum selling artist at seventeen. I, I've, I've never heard any okay. track from him, so I'm sure he's incredibly talented. Um, and the thing is, as well, to get to um, platinum selling level is a lot more difficult. No, well, it's not a lot more difficult. You have got to sell the same number of records, of course. Mm-hmm. But people don't buy records anymore. This is no. the conversation I had with um, my other two daughters, uh, Charlie and Liv. I, when I thought of this topic, I asked them, "What do you?" Um, uh, would would you have an album that you would listen to, like as, as your only album? The question that we're asking here, you know, um, and both of them were like, no, we don't listen to albums. We listen to just random songs on YouTube or Spotify or whatever. And apparently, people just don't listen to albums anymore. Yes, it, it's weird because they, when albums would drop, there'd be queues outside some record stores yeah. for for the latest album, uh, and you just don't get that now. I used to queue outside our price or whatever for when when I made and released a new album, I mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be there. Yeah, but well, we we used to do it outside of a Woolworths or HMV, and mm. and if you didn't queue up, you weren't getting that album because they would sell out. Yeah, you'd have to wait for the next delivery and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff, wouldn't you? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's just, it's it's fun. I mean, the internet's a fantastic thing, but there are some things. Oh, I love being able to just go on Spotify or go on whatever platform people use, type in an artist's name and listen to them. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful thing to have. But I like also having the... I've got some records, some vinyl and so on, but I like having the actual CD as well, the material the, product as well. The physical collection. Yeah, yeah, because it's not quite the same, is it? No, and again, we uh, we covered this on a, a podcast. I was on Fab Nerds a, a while ago, and we were talking about like, the, the, the spate of digital releases for, for video games. 
Um, and uh, my my stance has always been if um, if you can get a digital copy versus a, a physical copy, I will always get the physical copy because mm. it's it's something tangible. Uh, it's there in in your hands. You uh, you can see what you've paid the money for. Uh, but if you buy like a, a digital um, game, or even if you uh, subscribe to a digital uh, music uh, uh, streaming service, they could always crash. They could always disappear. The, the companies could go bankrupt, uh, and you've lost that then uh, forever. Uh, yeah, you, exactly. you won't have access to it. Whereas if you've got the physical copy, it's there. You can you can always play that that uh, that music, or you can always play that game. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm uh, I always have a, a penchant for for physical uh, copies rather than than digital. But saying that, what, sorry, penchant. I mean, I prefer preference. Oh, it's, I thought you said pawn shop. I mean, I wish I had a pawn shop. That would be actually quite badass. <laughs> I always um, have a pawn shop. <laughs> pawn chant is it's it's French, you heathen. Uh, I swear to God, I hear pawn shop. I swear to God. I, when I edit this back, I'm gonna that, pay that back. That then. says more about you than it does maybe. about me. Maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> um, at Good Bad Wrestle on Twitter, the Good Bad Good Cop Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast. Apologies, um, Graham. It is indeed. He says, it's not a best of or a greatest hits, but I might be bending the rules a little bit. It's all right. We all bend the rules on this show. Just look at Mags' selection last week for the poll. Stop hmm. that nonsense. <laughs> uh, he says, might as well get as much content as possible. If I had to pick a single album, probably would go with The Wild, Innocent and The E Street Shuffle. And it's a three-disc live album of Bruce Springsteen and The E Street Band. And it seems like there's a lot of songs on that. And I, I don't mind that. A live album is, you know, I suppose it is bending the rules a bit because a live album could be a greatest hit set, I suppose. But you didn't specify. Uh, no. You have to look for these loopholes and, and you got uh, you got out Fox by Graham. Um, Bruce Springsteen, not somebody who I've really, um, I, I can't say I enjoy a lot of his music. Um, the, the huge hits, I, I don't mind, like, uh, born to Run and Born in the USA, stuff like that. But, yeah, he's, he's not someone who I would regularly go out and, and listen mm. to, but I, I understand he's got a huge following. So Yeah, to... yeah. And live as well, apparently, he's supposed to just be absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. My uncle goes to see him whenever he comes through the UK and just says he just, just blows your mind every time. He'll play for like three, four hours and just shout out to the crowd what do they want and play certain records and just amazing stuff, like, you know. Cool. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, what we got going on in the chat, mate? Why be laughful, right? <laughs> no, I, I, I get it. I mean, it, music is one of the most subjective topics. Yes. Um, uh, I mean, we talk about wrestling being subjective, but music is infinitely more subjective. Um, and if people enjoy Bruce Springsteen, more power to them, absolutely. Um, so in the chat, I'm getting uh, told off for, for saying magic is fake. And Sharon said, I need to watch some Chris Angel. I've mm. seen some Chris Angel. I like it's, Chris Angel. It, yeah, I'm not saying that magicians aren't talented at what they do, but they don't really levitate. They don't make things disappear. Um, they can't teleport. It's not really real. Um, Scottish Daddy saying he's unbelievably out of touch with music today. Do you know, I was actually um, saying this to, to Mrs. Mags not long ago. Um, she she listens to uh, uh, a lot of uh, Radio One in in the car, and I don't 
understand no. or um, I don't. I suppose I don't appreciate music from from now. I just don't get it. It don't. It doesn't resonate with me at all, especially the popular stuff. Uh, Anya saying that she has a, a vinyl player. Yeah, it's come back in really cool. Mm. A lot of my mates who are, uh, have never really been into vinyl have started collecting vinyl now, and it's Jesus Christ. Some of the the price of, of vinyl albums are, are scandalous now. Oh, like really. Um, Chris Bell is saying he mostly listens to Six Music these days. Is that a cool channel? Six a BBC. Six Radio Six, isn't it? Or is what what it used to be? Um, um, it's like a digital station. Okay, so it'll probably hit them on it. Like they used cool to have um, on Sharon will tell me in the chat. I imagine which I get the days muddled up. It was either a Saturday night or a Sunday night. I think it was a Sunday night from nine till eleven or nine till midnight. Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden would do a rock show. Okay, and that was fantastic. I loved it because he 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 play all new stuff that I'd never heard before that he likes, mm-hmm. but they'd also because of how long Maiden have been around be playing classic some, stuff from back in the day. Stuff. Yeah, oh, it was so good. And then he just knocked it on the head, and I, I was devastated. I've never found a, a, a rock show as good as the old Bruce Dickinson ones that used to be on Six Music. Oh, that's a shame. Um, mm. So it sounds like it's probably multi-genre then. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I only listen to the rock stuff, so I'm not sure. But I think um, Craig Charles, the guy from Red Dwarf, okay, he, he had a funk show. And I only know that because that was what was on before Bruce Dixon came on. So sometimes I catch the last five minutes when I put Bruce on. But yeah, there was a funk show. So maybe, yeah, maybe you're right, Magazine. It might have been like lots of different, yeah. Um, so we've got Danny, who's uh, part of the Woolworths crew, keeping up uh, <laughs> for his, uh, his goodies there. Uh, Sharon saying... Uh, that she's uh, the same from uh, Danny saying he was out of touch with music earlier on. said, but I'm 40 now, so I guess that makes sense. Uh, and uh, confirming uh, that I said pawn shop, and mm-hmm. if I had a pawn shop, it'd be in between a Greg's um, and uh, a Subway, so I've always got something to snack on whilst I'm selling my pawn, I suppose. Jesus but you've Christ. always got something to snack on. Like, you know, you've got like, um, the, the sort of a ready to eat. Yeah, they got the the undies that you can eat, aren't you? And you've got like, um, Jesus I don't know, flavored lube or whatever. Do they do that? Let's move on. Jesus, <laughs> we're going to get cancelled again. Um, Sharon Cena, she uh, agrees with me about uh, Spotify mm-hmm. uh, pulling music. One of her favorite uh, pop evil songs uh, recently got pulled. Um, Bang Bang podcast, uh, showing his age now. Uh, he's got a Bruce Forsyth live album. Yeah, I would. I'd believe he'd listen to that on the regular as well. Uh, come on, love, slap a bit of Bruce on. Uh, <laughs> um, Chris Bell is saying he nearly went with Talking Heads as live uh, album, uh, but it's better as a movie than an album. Very, very visual as you expect from from David Byrne. Yeah, I mean, he for me is one of those kind of artists who I don't get it, but I understand the art behind it and the kind of a. Uh, the the thinking outside of the box mindset from from people like him. Mm. Okay, yeah. Um, then we <laughs> we've got some Bruce Forsyth impressions going down. Nice to see you. To see you, nice. Uh, <laughs> followed on, Jesus Christ. Uh, the irony of a wrestling podcast spilling the beans that another form of entertainment isn't real. Do you know what? That is a great point. Never ever besmirched the fact that wrestling is real at I, least I towards god damn it yeah i don't get what he's trying to hint at there 
I don't understand the subtleties of that comment. Uh, and then Sharon, <laughs> I assume this is aimed towards you. Put uh, of uh, oh god, uh, I can't remember. You listen to a lot of shat. Um, yeah. And yeah. then oh my god, Dad, traumatize me. Why are you from Anya? I mean, that's a daily occurrence, surely. Look, I'm just saying that maybe Magsy would sell these in the in the chain wrestling porn shop. I'm not saying that I ever used any or had any. You know, it is what it is. Um, and anyway, you, you Anya, you say about traumatizing you. Okay, anytime I answer a message from you on WhatsApp, your profile picture is you standing a certain way, and some young lad was hand on his arse. That's not what your dad wants to see. Okay, so why don't we just wind that in? All right. <laughs> I mean, that, her next picture would be with a, a lad who had broken fingers. If that were me. Oh yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Um. Graham from Good Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast continues. Some candidates he did cheating. consider. Yeah, cheating. Bathroom. Uh, so a short list is all right as long as you gave us a definitive answer, I reckon, mate. Okay. I mean, I don't agree. But. All right. Well, then done the it, so what can you do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, misplaced Childhood by Marillion. Mm-hmm. Full Moon Over Dirty Hearts by NXS. Oh, yeah. Okay. NXS. Yeah, same. Um, Seven Ways, Paul Van Dyke. Don't know what that is. So Paul Van Dyke's like a a, a DJ. Okay. Okay. Um, What's the Story Morning Glory by Oasis? Yeah, that's a great show again. Mm-hmm. And Tung Baby by U2. I don't mind a bit of U2, but I'm, I'm talking sort of Joshua Tree. Sort of the, I suppose the ones that everybody likes from back then is my kind mm-hmm. of U2 era, I guess. What what that says about Graham to me is that he's he's got a, a very eclectic uh, taste in mm. music because you don't see many people with uh, in excess and Marillion and Paul Van Dyke on the same list. So, um, I mean that that's a, a really cool list. Yeah, yeah, signed. Um, Gh on Twitter at Carrie the Gary Weezer the Blue Album. Reckon you could get thirty or so more years out of that. Uh, Gary, with a, a really kind of cool way to circumvent the rules, take a cassette, take your choice on one side, and put the blue album on the B side. That's the best way to get around the rules. Look oh, at man. fictional rules put in place, and and our um, our Twitter friends and and viewers and listeners are trying to find ways of breaking these rules. It's brilliant. Yes, hmm. I. I, I... Used to enjoy cassettes because you could do stuff like that though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because LPs. Or, like, or you could tape off the radio. Yeah, yeah. And try yeah. and stop it before the 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 uh, DJ, the, the DJ yeah. came in. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, I, I had a cassette that had "Ultimate Sin" by Ozzy Osbourne on one side, taped off one of my uncle's records, and on the other side, it had the very first Wasp album, the self-titled Wasp album from 1984, mm-hmm. and I wore that out. Because I love both albums. So you finish one, it'll go clunk, turn it around. Oh, brilliant. Aussie's on. Play that, clunk, turn it around. Oh, brilliant. Wasp are back on. And I'll just play that tape over and over and over again, you know? That's, that's. I mean, not really my cup of tea, but uh, I do get that passion for, for the music. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Anya responding there in the chat here. <laughs> it's not some random lad. Gosh, I ain't no hoe. <laughs> I ain't no, I'm not a hoe. It's Mr. Harvey is her boyfriend. I, I expected it to be Harvey, Anya, because if it wasn't, I imagine he would object to some lad having his hand on your arse. Either way, I'm your dad. Don't really want to see it, is what it is. And Andy in the chat yet again showing his age. I love Paul Van Dyke in Diagnosis Murder. Yeah, not- what a great show. 
Was that not Dick Van Dyke? <laughs> no, Paul Van Dyke was in Go- Dying as well. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. He did that song about, um, he did that song with Mary Poppins as well, didn't he? he Paul Van Dyke. He remixed he, it. He, he was the, the, the <laughs> cockney chimney sweep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he released like four or five remixes of it because obviously he's a DJ, isn't he? So. Yeah, he is. My awesome wife, Sharon Korea, at Sharon Korea 13 on Twitter. Check her out um, on Amazon for her amazing uh, debut uh, novella. That's right. Um, a Beautiful Lie by 30 Seconds to Mars. Love this album. Okay. Now, I was never a massive 30 Seconds to Mars fan. Um, I'd seen them live without realising. And it weren't until me and Sharon got together that she pointed that we, I, re, I realised that I'd seen them live waiting for Megadeth to come on at a festival. But playing this um, this album as much as Sharon did, well, this is literally going right back to when we first got together. So that's 13 years ago. If I'm wrong, I'm going to get grief in the chat now. I think it's 13 years. Um, it grew on me. And now there are certain tracks from that album and other 30 Seconds to Mars albums I really, really like. Mm-hmm not a band that I've ever I mean I can't name one track from 30 seconds from from Mars I bet there's not. a couple of tracks from this album if you heard them you like you recognize I, yeah them. I probably you know heard I mean? the songs I'll probably know the songs but I don't know a lot about the band so um I'm sure they're great just I don't know about it so mm. they can't be that good no fair enough really. fair enough Oh, hang on. <laughs> they, now, I mean, it's Mr. Jared Leto, isn't it? Who Sharon adores as well. Mm. But now... Is, that, is, is, the, is he the, the, the front man? Yeah, he's, he's the main I, DJ. I do yeah. know. I know of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first album is quite heavier. This album came out, um, it was very much... Uh, almost like that emo phase, um, like when... Uh, My Chemical Romance and all that were around as well. And they kind of got banded in with those bands, even though yeah. they're not the same as those bands. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. You know, so they kind of got banded in with that, which was, I think is a bit unfair. So when you listen to the album, it's, it's not like that really. But yeah, I mean, we and Shadow said them live a few times. They're very, very good. He's gone a bit more out there. As we were talking earlier, Magazine, weren't we, about artists experimenting and so on. Um He's got a bit more weirdo out there and stuff and different things out there and and different types of music and a bit more dancey stuff coming in. That's not my cup of tea, but this this sort of time, this album, I, I really do enjoy, yeah. Okay, well, I, I will uh, add some of their tracks to my Spotify playlists. Do it, mate, do it. And if it's stuff that you think is awful, you can blame Sharon. Yeah, I mean, even Chris, Chris Bellis in the chat is saying uh, his wife got him into 36 from Mars 2, given that Jared Leto is poor at most things. He's a decent front man. I mean, he was good in Panic Room. I think he, uh, he played a great part in Panic Room. But, yeah, he's uh, outside that, I'm sure his, his epitaph will be about um, 30 seconds from Mars. His mm. Oscar begs to differ from with that comment. Oh, yeah, you, you're poking the bear there, mate. Don't it's start a, on Jared Leto with yeah. Sharon in the chat, mate. <laughs> That's a bad move. <laughs> the film that he was in, though, Dallas Buyers Club, I think that was what he got his Oscar for. Sharon, you have to correct mm-hmm. me or tell me I'm right or wrong in the chat. Um, that is fantastic. And he was absolutely bloody brilliant in that film. That is such a good film. It was incredible. Dallas Buyers Club, so good. Oh, dear me. Dear me. <laughs> Let's move on before we start yeah. getting... You know, 
Sar will have to mute his microphone soon when uh, Sharon comes in, just absolutely swearing her head off. <laughs> Sharon's going to take my headset in a minute and go, you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Man him. He comes up, rocks up, first ever time, and he comes here just, just causing trouble. So I was picking a fight with one of our regulars <laughs> and, and, and best, most respected listeners, you know? You're, sorry, uh, you're barred. <laughs> he does actually agree there, though, Chris. He does he does say, oh, no, actually, Jared Leto was very good in that. And he was. It was and it's a great film. It's a great story. Really worth checking out. Um, at Saviour Savo on Twitter. Okay. A, a, a new person here Maxie contributing to the show which I'm really over the moon about great to have new yeah, people involved I, all the time I think, we, I think we've got a couple uh, of, of relatively new ones or ones that haven't uh, chipped in on the regular uh, with, mm. with this one he says Operation Mindcrime um, okay, by right. Queensryche now that is a great album that, I'm a bit I like Queensryche I anyway never heard of them okay it's very much um, well it, it's metal but it's metal with the the sort of clean, pure, great vocals rather than any... You say to people heavy metal, a lot of people instantly assume screamy, shouty stuff. That's not my cup of tea. Okay. This guy, Jeff Tate, you can see in the, in the image there, he can sing. He can really sing. He's no longer with the band. Um, they split up now, but he tours this album in its entirety on his own. Um, and it's like a... Uh, I, don't, I can't remember what they call it. What's it called when the whole album is a story? Um... You know what I mean, don't you? Yeah, and I and I understand what you mean. I don't know the. I didn't realize there was a particular name for it. Yeah, there was, and I can't remember what it's called now. But there was a name for that sort of thing. But yeah, the whole album is a story, and it's about a guy who was homeless and um, a heroin addict, and so on. And he basically gets took on by this person called Doctor X, who trains him to effectively be an assassin that goes out and and, and kills people off on certain commands because he's been brainwashed. Uh, and it, oh, it's absolutely brilliant. At the end of it, he's you know he's messed in the head and all it, and there's a couple of songs that are fantastic. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a couple of links to a couple of the tracks, Max. It's, it's so good. I mean, it's very old school. It's so like late eighties, early nineties metal. But so I've done a quick Google, and it's a concept album. That's it, concept. Why could I remember that one? What a moron! You know, <laughs> I've actually got yeah, <laughs> I've actually got Operation Mindcrime on CD, signed by the guys in Queensryche. Oh wow! I mean, when I first. When I first saw the name Queensrack, I, I assumed it was uh, kind of like German uh, hardcore rock. No, kind they're, like, they're um, American. Who, what's the band who does do host? Ramstein. Ramstein, yeah, kind yeah. of like Ramstein. Yeah, my kid brother's band who, who's doing the music for SJP now, which supported. is a banging. It's a great tune, isn't it? It's yeah, a great it tune. Really is. Um, They supported Queensryche on their last UK tour, oh, so wow. I gave I gave him the album. And he took it in and got it all signed by everyone. Like, so that was pretty cool. 
That is cool. Yeah. Um, Pass it to Savo. No. We're uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, K Griffin, at Griffin K1 on Twitter. He says, greatest hits albums aside, he'd go with The Sound of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, that's a good shake, man. You know, yeah, I, mean, I play a lot myself. There's a few tracks on that, that record that's quite good. Yeah, uh, again, not I'm kind of like you. They're, they're not my cup of tea, um, but I understand why they were popular. Um, mm. But, yeah, I mean, if that's your bag, that's your bag. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Handy T1TF on Twitter. He said, if you can only pick one, he'll have to go with Led Zeppelin 4. And I'm honestly amazed it took that long for somebody to bring a Zeppelin album up. Mm-hmm. I thought we'd have a lot more Zeppelin love earlier because Handy, obviously the time difference and so on, doesn't respond as quickly as some of the UK uh, listeners when we put the tweet out. So when Handy's tweet came through, normal sort of time that we get a response from him. And as always, hugely grateful for your interactions and your response, Handy. Yeah. It was the first first Zeppelin interaction and that surprised me. It really did. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's because it's been so long since uh, Zeppelin's heyday that... Mm. Uh, uh, and and we have a, a youngish demographic, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Zeppelin was, again, not one of those uh, bands that I was particularly into a lot. I do like some of the uh, the bigger hits, but yeah. um, I know that this album is, is massively, massively popular. Do you want to hear something really controversial, Mags, that I know is going to piss people off who are Zeppelin fans? Go on. The band Heart, who did Alone, the, the two lasses, the sisters. Okay. They do a cover of um, Stairway to Heaven and it absolutely dicks on the Led Zeppelin version. It is 10 oh, times better. Well, the 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 thoughts and views of, of Sam and are his own and are not representative <laughs> of Radio Techers. Mate, Anne Wilson from Heart. I, I've seen, I've been lucky enough to have seen so many bands live that I can't even count. I've seen pretty much Bar and Poison. I've seen every band I want to see live. I've had the opportunity to do that, which I'm really fortunate about because I had a big long list. Um, That's awesome. Anne Wilson from Heart, hands down. And I love Bruce Dickinson from Maiden. I love certain showmen like Dee Schneider from Twisted City, all these guys, you know. Um, Anne Wilson from Heart is by far and away the best vocalist I've ever seen. And it's not even close. You know, there's no competition for me. Heel turn by Cy. <laughs> I'm upsetting all the Zeppelin fans. We'll move on, shall we? Before, uh, before you know, the, the numbers start radically dropping. <laughs> um, another name I don't recognise actually, Magsy at Pigs Bladders on Twitter. Yes, uh, um, that was uh, one that uh, that and um, Ian Jackson. I don't think that they've commented before. Um, but yeah, Pigs Bladder. Um, another shout for Metallica. Um, yeah. So it was. That was definitely the the, the front runner for for this topic. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll be honest with you. That's not my choice that we'll get to shortly. But I I could be happy enough listening to that because the you know there's enough good tracks on there. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, what did the gentleman or lady above Mister Ian Jackson so, say yeah. there, Max? Because I've not yeah. got that one. So Ian Jackson said, uh, gun to his head, it would have to be uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Californication. Uh, it's the only album that he will never skip a track on uh, ever. And, you know, that is peak uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers for me. I think that's a, a banging album. I've never got the chilies, really. A couple of tracks here and there, but 
yeah, that album, uh, I, I wouldn't pick that, but that album's got some of uh, um, the most haunting, uh, the most gifted, musically um, talented um, guitar work that, that I know. It was certainly in, in my musical sphere. Uh, the, the stuff on uh, Scar Tissue and on uh, Other Side, yeah, it's just brilliant, brilliant uh, guitar work. Okay, I'll have to give it a listen. Um the Interstate Wrestling Podcast at IS WrestlePod on Twitter. Okay. Uh, oh, very first of all, before we move on, um, Pigs Bladder and Ian Jackson, was it? Sorry. Yes. Great, great to have you contributing to the show. Fantastic stuff. Keep it up. Mm-hmm. Join us for a live. Let us know what you think of the audio. If you're here, keep it up. Awesome. Great to have new people involved all yeah, the time. Abs- really appreciate absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. More than welcome. Yeah. Um, Interstate Wrestling Pod says another great question. Yeah, because we're freaking awesome. You know, I mean, I've got to give Sai's props. This was uh, a <laughs> idea, idea, uh, and he's absolutely nailed it this week. Yeah, but at the same time, maybe my idea, I run it past you as well. So if it was shite, I'd like to think you'd veto it. So it's a team effort, Maxi. Well, I, I, I will t- happily take that praise. <laughs> um, he's going to go with what I thought Tolly would have stumped up with. Everything Must Go by the Manic Street Preachers. Lead single, A Design for Life, is still one of the most perfect songs ever written. And that is a banger, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is when they really st- um, were starting to get heavily into politics. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's a great album. This was also, I think, when they were uh, peaking in mainstream popularity as well. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's a, a great album. I, I don't think it's Tolly's favourite. I think it's still The Holy Bible is his is, is very favourite Manic Street Peaches uh, album. But, yeah, he, he, again, anything Manic Street Peaches, he absolutely does. So. Yeah, fair it's enough. A great album. That, that's a, another album that I can happily listen to all the way through and, and not skip a, a track. And it had some, some banging uh, singles released from it. See... These are some albums. I mean, we're going to get to this next one that's already on the screen. Thankfully, you, you sort of preempted where I'm going. I think Max, but um, we're uh, there's albums that I've not listened to for 20 years that people are bringing up. So I'm going to go. I have to go back and check them out, and I'll try and check them out this week and report back next week. And in true chain wrestling fashion, when I say I'll report back next week, it's not going to happen because I'm going to forget. <laughs> but the sentiment right now, right at this exact moment in time, I have the full intent of doing what I've just said. Okay. <laughs> um, Connor, if you're still in the chat, mate, thanks for contributing to the show. NWA Straight Out of Compton, the greatest rap album of all time. 100% not in my wheelhouse. Don't know anything about it. Know nothing about them. When I read NWA, I thought instantly of Lex Luger and Flair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was like thinking Trevor Murdoch, the, the new champion there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's not go down that. <laughs> um, but again, it's not my, my not my type of music. But I, I recognise the album cover, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm like you, and and I know a little bit more probably about them than 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 you do. Uh, rappers uh, is something that I, I have listened to a lot over the years. Um, would I say it's the the best rap album of all time? Um, in my opinion, probably not. But I do understand the the kind of significance of this album. Um, this this really captured the zeitgeist of uh, of uh, America and, and the, the 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 black community uh, when it was released. So um, it, it's it's massively massively influential. Um, 
Bang Bang Pongcaster saying he was more of a public enemy guy. Uh, yeah, not some not another uh, kind of group that I don't really get into, aside from a couple of uh, of, of the the main tracks. Are and you're saying she she agrees that it's a great album and it is absolutely a great album. For me, I think uh, rap, uh, more recent rap is is is. It's, it seems to be better uh, in terms of wordplay and, and storytelling than uh, than uh, the the classic rap. So I think uh, people like Kanye before he went absolutely uh, batshit crazy. Uh, the stuff he did with like college dropout and graduation, eight uh, weeks and heartbreak, uh, uh, a much the, he tells better stories than uh, than 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 this. But it's still a, an absolutely banging pick. Okay, fair enough. I mean, is the best rap album not the obvious Big Willie style by Will Smith? <laughs> Get it jiggy with it, na 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 na. That's a, that is actually a banging album. <laughs> yeah, I, I said that purely <laughs> in jest, but you know. A <laughs> uh, good friend of the show, Steve O at Total Steve O. Um, he says, "Blimey, the one album I've listened to the most is Kill Switch Engages Alive or Just Breathing." So probably that, and that is a stormer. That's a lot more up my street than you know, Will Smith. Um, it's absolutely brilliant stuff. There's a couple of live sets you can't get enough of as well. Um, can listen to over and over. Kill Switch again live DVD, and recently Lorna Shaw live for a Revolver magazine set. Um, but yeah, he says initially his choice would be Kill Switch Engage, Alive or Just Breathing, and yeah, that is a bloody great album. I, I, Kill Switch are great. I love Kill Switch. Yeah, you've, you, you, uh, we've had this conversation uh, before about um, mm. Kill Not a band I know a lot about, uh, but again, I, I understand why people people like them. Um, I, I don't know this album at all, I, I, and again, I don't think I could name one track that they've released. But if if it makes you smile and it puts uh, uh, puts you in a happy place, absolutely, uh, good yeah, on you, hundred percent. And that's what music's all about, you know. I, I, it's such a mood changing thing. There's, you know, just emotion in so many songs. That, you know, that you can get attached to. And that metal and rock to me is is my personal taste, and I can find music in that genre for any mood I'm in. And it's the same for anyone else listening to hip hop, whatever you know. Um, the Magnificent Matt Willis at the Matt Attack UK on Twitter. He says, music is so subjective to my mood, but Limp Biscuit, Chocolate Starfish, Hot Dog Play With Water is an anthem. And it is. That is a fantastic CD. And that is one, it's strange. I wouldn't pick it for my album of like all time or my album that if that's my only one I can listen to. But it does tick the box of I wouldn't skip a song on it. Uh, I would. I'd skip a few, but I think that album, if I remember, had about six, maybe seven uh, releases from it in terms of like singles. So there's a lot of there to enjoy. Um, that they were very kind of niche for me. Uh, Limp Bizkit. They what a good uh, a couple of years run where they were super, super popular yeah, and then kind of faded out a little bit. Um, but. I, I don't mind some of their tracks. They, they did a song, uh, I don't think it was on this album, I think it was on a, uh, an album called Results May Bear, uh, called Eat You Alive, which is a great rock track. Mm. But this is more kind of like, say, new metal. Is it new yeah, metal? That's right, like yeah. How it's called, like mixing rap and, and, and uh, DJing and, and um, 
and all that cool rock stuff. Um, it's a good album. I mean, this is this is where you get all those kind of like big hits for uh, uh, WWF um, promo. So you can't really go wrong with it. But I, I don't think it'd be one hard pick to to listen to over and over again for for the rest of time. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, Matt continues Busted's second album, a present <laughs> for everyone. What? Sums up his late teen years. What a kind of dichotomy of your music taste. You've gone from Limp Biscuit to Busted. Wow. Glad he crashed a wedding. And yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, any sang track by the amazing Brian Tyler. Best summed up with this piece here. And he's included a Formula One live video by Brian. I think this guy's a composer or, or he looks a little bit like um, uh, Spud from TNA in that picture. Can you see? Yeah, he actually really does as well. Um, I don't know um, Brian Tyler, but it does look like he's uh, he's kind of like composing or leading an orchestra there. Mm, so yeah, well, that sounds quite yeah, interesting. I'll, I'll I'll have to check it out. But yeah, and before we get to yours and my selections, Magsy, lastly we have Andy at Bang Bang Podcast. good friend of the show um he says obviously for favorite album he'd have to go you you won't find it on there mate he sent it via a dm again oh i would do one so i'm gonna close that down then okay <laughs> obviously he's, for he's, favorite he's album, keeping his bruce Forsyth pick so is sorry, that what he's having all right i'm not reading either <laughs> uh for favorite album he'd have to go with the best of dennis waterman but oh. as he co- as he couldn't have compilations um <laughs> he'll go for low by david bowie Nice bit of pretentious Euro babble mixed in with a couple of Cockney sing-alongs and a great cover. Lovely stuff. I don't think I've ever heard of that album, so that's what I was going to have to no. go check out, mate. I, I'm, um, I'm, I know the big hits from, from David Bauer. Um, I've never heard that album. Um, so, yeah, it'd be one that I'll, I'll be looking up on Spotify for sure. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, before we get to our choices, Mags, and then move on to our wrestling topic today, have we got anything in the chat worth noting, or are people just rabbling on complete nonsense? <laughs> I mean, a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B. Uh, Chris Bellis, uh, going back to uh, NWA, is saying uh, that you'd like it, so it's one of those albums where you didn't have to be a rap fan okay. to like it. it is, uh, he has a very niche hip-hop taste, but this is a great album. And, okay, and, I'll uh, check it out. Thank you. And you're doubling down saying the, the, the film is even better. Yeah, the film was was so well done. Um, and then um, Ander commenting on Santino Umbrella, who is uh, who's a, one of the pioneers <laughs> of rap. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so Chris agreeing with me. I consider Santino to be the greatest MC of all time. He has, I believe, bars. And that's <laughs> bars with a Z. Um <laughs> Your good lady saying that she's enjoying uh, Killswitch right now. Yeah. Uh, and they're doubling down with the Santino love saying he, he likes his pancakes with maple syrup. That's one of the best lines in a rap song ever. You really do need to check out <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to it. Santino rap. It's uh, brilliant. Uh, so Chris is saying he hasn't heard anything past Howard's last album with them. Uh, and But that's all. Okay. So he went back to Una and was skin. Uh, Killswitch are probably still his favourite metal band. 
Um, Sharon's saying that she's seen Limp Bizkit and she nearly died. I mean, hopefully not because of the, the awful music. Hopefully it was uh, no, unrelated. I'm not sure if we've told this story on the show before. I'll quickly summarise now, just in case we have. Um, we were at uh, Download Festival. I'm not sure the year, um, and I should know the year, because Sharon was pregnant with Charlie at the time. Um, so I'm probably looking at, what's that be, 2011, I think? Hmm? Um, but it, Limbiscuit were playing probably three, four o'clock in the afternoon. And... Um, for the they basically the cradle split to do a, a a wall of death and for those who don't know what that is you can type it into youtube wall of death and see some pretty spectacular visuals but it's where the, a heavy song slows down for a certain period and before it kicks in again the crowd part um not all of the crowd but a big section of the crowd the the, the pit so to speak part ways um and they stand a good distance apart rocking back and forth as the song builds back up builds back up builds back up and then when the music hits, they just rush each other and basically just smash the shit out of each other. Um, 2009, Sharon says there. Thanks, Sharon. Now, Sharon at this stage was many months pregnant, you know, with Charlie, um, looking for somewhere to get a bit closer to the stage, potentially. And it's rammed at download. There's 100,000 people there. And all of a sudden, this big gap opens up. So Sharon's like, well, let's go down here, Si. And she's off. Yeah, they parted ways for me. Yeah, and she's <laughs> she's trudging right down the middle of this wall of death. And I'm, and I'm not paying full attention. I was doing something else. And I turn around and see her, and I'm like, oh, shit. So I runs after her, grabs her, you know, come on, get out of here. The music hits. They all come rushing in together, and it was like, whoa. You know, so, yeah, that's basically the story where Sharon could have got crushed. Um, Jesus Christ. Yes, yes. So um, there we and- go. To lighten the mood a little bit, uh, Anya in the chat saying, Carve the Sun by a weight by design is the best singer ever. And she she um, says that's not just because that's her uncle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, weight by design. Their new album is self-titled. That's the, the, the one I prefer the most. That's their third studio album. They've got a, another one out, I think, next week, which is an EP. Um, a unplugged album they did during lockdown. So, well worth checking out. It's got a cover of Wind of Change by Scorpions on, which is a bit of an odd one for me. My brother oh, covering wow. that, but it'd be quite interesting listening to it. So, yeah, there we go. Maxi, what about yourself, mate? What about yourself? What if you had one album that you could listen to for the rest of your life and nothing else? Where would you go? Okay, so I, I gave uh, Graham grief for for kind of circumventing the rules <laughs> and. As I normally do, I'm going to circumvert them rules myself. <laughs> um, so um, if we would have had this conversation maybe 10 years ago, I would have probably picked uh, the first album I'm going to mention. It's, uh, I would have picked OK Computer by Radiohead. Okay. Um, for me, I think that's uh, one of the the most kind of perfect albums that I've that I've ever had the the pleasure to listen to the the, the storytelling, uh, the 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 depth of the music, the the way that uh, the band really kind of found their groove with that album. Um, yeah, I, I think it's absolutely superb. So that would have been my pick. Uh, but around a decade later, they um, they released another album called In Rainbows. Now. Um, at the time, there was a lot of kind of uh, conspiracy theories about uh, In Rainbows because it was it was announced um, that it was uh, being recorded, and then ten days later, 
the album dropped so there was like really right. no kind of a there was no promotion um so um music fans around that time were kind of looking at, at, at what's happening here what's going on uh because the album was essentially given away for free um you 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 essentially downloaded it from uh from a website uh and you could donate what you felt that that album was worth to you oh, okay but there there was always this link with uh the numbers 10 uh because it was released in October. It was exactly 10 years to the day that uh, since uh, um, OK Computer was released. Uh, it was available uh, 10 days after it was announced, and it was available to download from 10 separate servers. Uh, so there was a lot of kind of like uh, links there, and then a, a lot of cryptic messages that uh, that. Um, Tom York and the and the band released all had like uh, letter X's in and links to the number ten. Um, so then a lot of people started going back and looking at uh, OK Computer because that uh, its working title was zero and one, which is right. ten, which is ten backwards, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of if you remember uh, the the whole thing about Wizard of Oz and if you play uh, I think is it Dark Side of the Moon uh, this, it, it kind of meshes together I think it's that okay. well if you play uh, each track like, uh, each uh, track on these two albums uh, one after the other so you start with like the opening track Airbag on OK Computer then you go to the opening track on In Rainbows and keep backing and forward and um, the, 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 the audio kind of melds into each other and it, it, it essentially becomes one song all the way oh, from these, these two albums that were released a decade apart so for me it would be that playlist it's called the the one and ten binary theory uh playlist um it's that's amazing it's stunning it really really stunning it really makes you appreciate just how clever uh artists radiohead actually are how so seriously talented that they this was a plan this was clearly planned uh that this would happen uh 10 a decade uh apart and it's it's just phenomenal to listen to and it's it just blows your mind that that this can be set up uh 10 years after the release of the first album it's uh so super super talented so Yeah, I, I implore everyone to go and check out the the. I, th- I think people have made loads and loads of Spotify playlists about this, so you can definitely find it on there. Uh, but it's called the One and Ten uh, Binary Theory uh, by Radiohead. Uh, it's it's stunning. It genuinely is stunning. It sounds incredible, man! Absolutely amazing. That that just just the foresight and and the execution of that alone mm-hmm. is just amazing. Absolutely it, breathtaking, isn't it? it it's. It's shockingly talented. Like this, like these people should not be as talented as as this. Yeah, no, I yeah, I get you. Um, I got I got a, a bit of a short list, I guess. Before I give you my final pick, um, unplugged in New York, Nirvana album. I think is just great. I love it. You know, just a really really good album. Uh, yes, and you're in the chat. One hour thirty minutes into the show, still no wrestling. Just call it chain show. <laughs> I mean, music is something that we could probably talk about for the next five hours and yeah, not, not exactly. get bored. And the thing is, we've got so many responses, which we're all still massively grateful for. It, it, <laughs> you know, we say it every week, and it sounds cliche, but we mean it. This is your show. You decide where we go with regards to the wrestling. You decide 
what we discuss with a non-wrestling topic. Your responses are where we, you know, basically what fills the time. Me, Magsy and I are just here to, I suppose, orchestrate your answers into a list effectively. <laughs> so and, yeah. and then throw in a bit of wrestling to to let you all tuck up and get your hot chocolate too. That's it. That's it. Um, Nirvana Unplugged in New York, I, I, I'm a big fan of. Um, you can hear... I think in Kurt Cobain's performance that the emotion of certain songs and what he was going, because it weren't long after this, that he sort of, you know, popped his clogs, so to speak. Um, it'd be, you know, weird of me not to list something by um, my favorite bands, Highway to Hell by ACDC. I love everything DC had done, but that's the classic album, isn't it? Along with Back in Black, those two are just, yeah, absolutely superb. Um Iron Maiden, Brave New World. Not one of the classic ones is when Bruce Dickinson returned to the band in 1999, but it's such a return to form after Blaze Bailey sang for a while. I don't skip a track on that. But the one I'm going to go with... is um, the album I keep returning to all the time. And whenever I get a new stereo, or I get a new headset, or I get a new... CD player or anything like that at all the first thing I do is play this CD as your level tester yeah it's where I go all the time and that's Rising by Rainbow Um, a lot of people know Rainbow from the likes of Since You've Been Gone and um, All Night Long and all that sort of Bungle, Zippy and George yeah yeah exactly yeah Zippy's um, bass guitar solo on Since You've Been Gone is the stuff of um, stuff from magic, you know, but no, <laughs> um, Rainbow Rising is is fantastic. You've got Richie Blackmore who has who has left Deep Purple to start his own band. Ronnie James Dio, before he's really huge, I suppose, before he was discovered, and before he went to Black Sabbath, before he did the solo albums, he sang for the first two records for for Rainbow, um, and they are very. I want to say there is a quite a bit of 70s rock sang there because it is a 70s rock album but it's just so good and there's a song on there called Stargazer and I honestly believe that the last three four minutes of that song are as close to musical perfection as you can get the way it builds and builds and Dio's voice starts soaring over the top of this guitar work um, and the bass Richie um, Blackwell on guitar and it just builds and builds and there's so many levels there and it's just it just blows me away every time I hear this song Stargazer the whole the EP's only got, well, I say EP, the, the, the album's only got six or seven tracks on it. But Stargazer itself is about ten minutes long. But the last three or four minutes, oh, it just blows my mind. So that'll be my choice, Rising by Rainbow, I think, Magsy. It, it sounds phenomenal. Again, I'm, it's not that the music genre that I was ever into, uh, but I'll, I will definitely check it out. Uh, because I'll send I, you a link I to Stargazer. trust your taste. Yeah, I'll send you a link to Stargazer, but you have got to listen to it all the way through because it okay. builds and builds and the ending is just but you don't realise you're at I listen to the song all the time and that bit that really makes me think why you don't realise you're there and until it's been playing for 30 seconds already and you're just like oh that's all built and it's just oh, it just blows my mind it's so so good so good sounds it yeah so there we go mate there we go shall we now talk a little bit of wrestling I think we should do because we're an hour and a half in, mate. I know we best keep this short and sweet, but basically, DDP wins his title back. Yeah, okay. uh, let's get ready to rumble! 
wow. Oh, and and so... that actually happens as well. That's the yeah. best part. It's ridiculous booking at his very, very best. But yeah, that happens. Yeah. So Magsy's choice of Sting versus DDP from uh, this certain episode of Nitro. Mags, I've been so unprofessional. I've not got the date in front of me. So it was the 26th of April, 1999. Yeah. So pretty much right in the middle of proper batshit crazy time in WCW. And this is actually like, we had it confirmed on Twitter, didn't we? this is before Mr. Russo arrived. Um, um, yeah, this. Uh, I think he said that this was when Kevin Nash had the book. Hmm. Um, but for people who they may know this episode from something else, uh, it's when Ric Flair was essentially sent to a lunatic asylum. It was the that episode. Um, it's 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 ridiculous. These you get uh, all the way through the show, Ric Flair uh, prancing round um, uh, an insane asylum in his boxer shorts and his robe. Uh, yeah, I mean, now it looks kind of creepy. I mean, some of the stuff mm. that he does is, eesh, but this was ridiculous levels of, of comedy at the time. Yeah, it's just nonsense. Also, on the note of him prancing around in his boxer shorts, when this episode of Nitro started, the first thing that happens on this episode of Nitro actually is they have a little mini, um, like three or four bell salute to Ravishing Rick Rude, who passed yeah. away. And they used his, his proper name as well, which uh, yeah. the proper spelling of his name, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then it gives you one of these, you know, last week on Nitro sort of flashback mm-hmm. efforts. Um, he's wearing the same boxer shorts, Rick Rude, the previous Flair. week. Rick Flair, sorry, Rick. the previous. Yeah, not Rick I mean, Rude. I, yeah. I, I would hope Rick Rude's wearing the same boxer shorts. I mean, how would he change them? Yeah. Yeah, some there's some dodgy people out there. Probably have some. No, 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 no. He's wearing wearing the same stuff. So yeah, that that kind of. I mean, I know it's not about the match that that we're talking about, but it 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 does need a, a little bit of light shining on it. How batshit crazy WCW uh, at yeah. this time was. Um, so Ric Flair was the president of uh, WCW. Um, uh, Roddy Parper had come back to uh, essentially take over because Ric Flair was a, a heel, a heel president. Um, and um, one of the ways that, that uh, Roddy uh, tried to uh, get Rick out of power was was essentially getting his son to commit him to a, a lunatic asylum. So uh, Roddy goaded Rick into uh, making himself look a fool, which doesn't really take a lot. Uh, so in the Sorry, previous- Maxie, that you said get his son to commit him. Yeah, his the same son, son who has been playing a mental, crazy character himself for however long. Correct. That's absolutely correct. But makes perfect sense. It, it does it? It makes absolutely <laughs> not a week of sense. Nope. So the the week before, there's a kind of like a standoff in the ring uh, with Rodder and uh, and Rick and um, Mean Jeans. There, kind of like mediating. Rick says some stuff about him being the president of the United States, and uh, then he's kind of gone into uh, essentially taking all his clothes off as Ricky's want to do. Um, yeah, so he uh, essentially mm. he then served papers to say he's not uh, mentally stable enough to run the company, and he would have to uh, be uh, be put in a mental asylum. So he was dragged away at the end of that episode, uh, looking very, very mental as he screamed out the, the ambulance window. Uh, and then we uh, we come back and he's 
in the mental home and the, the nurse and the doctors are saying, is Ric Flair still here? Yeah, he's caused a lot of trouble. Uh, he's not allowed to watch Natural, which is brilliant. <laughs> That's um, a reward, surely, at this point. I mean, yeah, but the, the whole show is essentially Ric Flair controlling Nitro from um, from kind of behind the scenes because Rick was the president and uh, Little Nate, Charles Robinson, was the vice president. So he essentially then was uh, in full control and he, he um, kind of went against the, the, the matches and, and the rules put in place by uh, Roddy Papri, who was the commissioner at the time. Um, so Rick essentially used... Little Nature's a puppet to, to control the show. Uh, it was hilarious to watch, but ridiculous at the at the same time. I'm, um, as many people know from listening to any show I've been on, my own show, this show, whatever, I'm a big WCW fan, a huge yeah. WCW mark, I suppose, for want of a better term. Um, I put this on, and within, I reckon, 20 minutes, I was thinking, oh, God. Why are we watching this? You know, it was that kind of that kind of time in WCW. Do you know what I mean? It was that kind of thing, Maxie, wasn't it? Where they were throwing everything yeah. at the wall to see what stuck. The ship had sailed, hadn't it? The, the ship had already sailed. The, yeah. In 1999, they reported losses. They reported big losses in comparison to 1998. Um, they were struggling financially. Bischoff had gone. Um, well, it's actually this storyline with Flair that that leads him to to come back uh, as a face, mm. I believe. So, um, yeah, it's a uh, it's the old exploding vagina uh, WCW logo era, uh, where essentially whoever was willing to take the book and and write the show uh, got an opportunity. And I think at this time it was it was Kevin Nash, and you can tell because he uh, he kind of strong arms himself into into the main events uh, yeah. quite a lot of the time. I've never heard that horrible WCW logo described as that before. That's how Tony Schiavone describes it as an exploding vagina. Is it really? Yeah. I've never heard that. But now you're pointing it out, I can see that. Yes. So, yeah, not a good look. Not a good look. No. Um. So, yeah, on this, on this episode of Nitro, the match that we are supposed to be looking at is Sting versus DDP. That was the link that Magsy put forward. Um, however, from there, we get, I suppose, a, a sort of follow-on match as well, Maxi, don't we? Well, yeah. I mean, before we even get to this match, though, I actually, um, I actually went back to the previous weeks, obviously, because we got that kind of a you glutton for punishment. <laughs> it, it was, it was actually specific. Um, uh, the main event of the week previous was actually DDP defending the towel against Goldberg. Yeah. Um, which. Uh, it it was a decent match, uh, but it ended in a kind of like a smoz finish. Uh, I don't even know how if the if the bell actually rung to to signify the end of the match. But essentially, um, DDP um, attacked Goldberg with a chair and 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 the 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 the, the steps to go into the ring. Uh, Kevin Nash came out to do the save. DDP clocked him with the the title and essentially uh, walked off. Then we get this match uh, where uh, DDP is essentially forced to defend against Sting uh, from, I think it's from Roddy Piper, um, which then puts him in the Sting and DDP in, in this kind of this uh, four way. And then afterwards, um, we get Kevin Nash uh, essentially using his, his, um, 
already earned title shot for for Slambury uh, a bit earlier and, and and essentially right in the four way for for the 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 main event. Uh, but this match that we're first going to cover is actually the joint highest rated DDP match of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, with four stars from uh, Uncle Shagadev. Which surprises me, because watching it back... It was crap. <laughs> it was. I mean, let's not call a spade a spade. It was oh. I did not enjoy watching this match. Oh, it was just a load of clotheslines all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it started bad for me when Sting came out with, uh, I mean, stockings around his, sh- his boots. It was tape. I think it was tape. Yeah, I, I don't get it. He's got, he's got and, like, he's got like the toes of his black boots showing. Just for those who haven't, who haven't and, seen and it. And the very bottom of the heel, yeah, uh, is out. But yeah, it was uh, weird. But, but he, like, like he was ankle, wearing dang, was all taped up. It was like he was wearing like um, built-up shoes. You know, like when mm. uh, a kid has got one leg shorter than the other, and they they have a shoe that uh, essentially levels them out until they they they, they can have operations and things like that. It looked like them kind of shoes, but uh, on both feet. Yeah, it looked ridiculous. Yeah. And it was very off-putting. And he had this weird kind of very, very 90s girls choker necklace. <laughs> he did. He absolutely did as well. It's like, yeah. and he was what are you doing? Scre- You're sitting. What are you doing? He, sc- he was screaming he was back and back in black a lot. So I think he's a massive ACDC fan as well. Yeah, yeah. We don't want people who wear those kind of necklaces in that in our club, mate, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but I think I think you you the way you've kind of like described it, it it's it's right it's very very basic wrestling moves clothes lines uh, and knockdowns it's very very slow paced in the beginning certainly a uh, a lot of kind of uh, breaks uh, on the outside and and breathers and slamming into the the uh, the the guardrails and and things like that. They take a trip all the way to the back of the uh, of the the uh, entrance ramp, only to come straight back uh, and and walk down. Uh, really, kind of, it felt like they were time wasting a lot of time yeah. wasting. But the thing is, with Nitro at this time though, it was it was three hours long. Mm-hmm. So, do you think they were literally trying to waste time, knowing they were working again that night? It kind of felt that way to me. I mean, with the with the way the booking was, it, it feels kind of like the booking we 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 get with Raw now, mm. uh, where it, it seems that a lot of stuff is changed either on the fly or very much last minute. So um, it feels to me that they had already been planned for maybe a ten minute match or so, and then told, "No, we need you to go twenty five, mm. uh, and and they had to fill that gap and. The easiest ways to to go for a bit of a wonder. Yeah, or it looks like backstage there in the conversation of okay, what did we get? Were we going to do for ten minutes? Throw mm-hmm. a few clotheslines. So what should let's, we do? For let's 20... slow it right down. Yeah. So what we do for twenty five minutes? Throw a fuck more clotheslines. Let's just much. do. A, let's just see what we were going to do. Loads more. Oh, <laughs> uh, and, and it is just that. It's like the story of which clotheslines hit and which clotheslines miss. For me, is the way it comes across. Um. The finish off it was all right though, Maxi, with the tombstone counters and, and stuff like that. That was quite the the last um say three or four, maybe five minutes is oh. is 
pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you get the the page has been using the the knees wrapped around the post a lot in his matches at this time. Uh, that that part is is cool. The you get a, um, a bulldog uh, and then the top rope splash. Uh, we get um, Page going for a diamond cutter, uh, kind of like leaning across the top rope, um, things like that. So you, in the last five minutes, it, it really kind of builds to a crescendo. Mm. Uh, the tombstone stuff was was really good. I mean, I was not aware that Sting really used the tombstone as a as a finisher. Um, but he, uh, he he essentially does. Uh, he's unable to to put Page away uh, at the at the beginning. Then does a, a proper tombstone. Nearly gets the 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 three count. Um, Page does a, a very weird kind of. And I, I, I think it probably looked better uh, on paper, or or it looked better in his mind. But he tries to do like a the rocks kind of jumping floor over DDT. Uh, yeah, which looked. It looked horrific. He yeah, then went. Not he good went at all. He went for a pin from that, which again looked horrific because he, it, Sting essentially didn't even look like he was under any pressure with his with his shoulders, and he just had to kind of like nudge a little bit to to kick out of it. Uh, but I thought the finish was uh, was decent. The way that Sting kind of blocks the the diamond cutter uh, by grabbing hold of the ropes and then kind of like. Uh, uh, moving his arm to to take the um, the impetus for the for the um, scorpion death drop um, to to win the title, but then we get the the celebration, and I mean, I already knew that we were going to be looking at the second match as well, so I knew that that Sting wasn't long for the title, and mm. it, it, the way he celebrated, you could tell that he knew he wasn't long for the title, that there was yeah. no real point in, in having a huge celebration. He, he woos a couple of times, uh, holds the title up, smiles a little bit, uh, and and then that's really it. You know that he, he he knows he's giving it back up about an hour later. Which is just, I don't understand why. What's the, why? And, and that's why I named the episode, uh, well, what was the point in that? Because why have him lose uh, the title to only to regain it back less than an hour later. It's it's some weird, janky booking. Yeah, and it really belittles the championship for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't want to turn this into an AEW versus other companies thing because I hate all that shit. I mean, to be honest, that's one of the things I wanted to get to today with regards to my recent frustrations with certain people or certain attitudes on Twitter. But we're getting pressed for time here now because it's already an hour and 45 minutes in the show. So we will cover that on another occasion. Um, so apologies if anyone's tuned in specifically to listen to me rant, but you're not going to get that this week. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's it, in AEW, the, the title seems to mean a lot because of the long title reigns. New Japan are the same. I think New Japan do it very, very well. Um, but WCW here, they were changing the title twice on a show. And this isn't the only time they did this. I, th- I think... Um... And I don't know if it's what culture or cultaholic. Uh, they did a video of uh, of ranking uh, the the WCW uh, title changes. And in '99, the title changed hands something like forty times. Yeah, which is shocking, absolutely shocking. Like yep. I said, it, it belittles the point of being a champion. And for a lot of fans, that that big gold belt was the it was the title that that said that you were the very best in in wrestling. Yeah, that, that uh, and, was that and, was the the belt. Yeah, and in in this period, it 
it it it felt like it was trash. It felt like mm. it, it it was exactly what a wrestling belt is a tool. Uh, for a storyline, it didn't have any kind of prestige to it whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. Such a shame. Such a shame. And again, you look at the talent in in that company. Even in '99, so many of the uh, the, the bigger names are checked out, I guess, um, and so many more are going to be leaving soon. I mean, you look at the Radicals; they leave uh, not long after this, 2000. I think they depart, mm-hmm. don't they? But they still got so much so much talent there. I mean, they, yeah, they the, could have turned the ship around, couldn't they? The, the stands were still there. Booker T was uh, in his uh, kind of uh, the early stage of his push uh, into being a single star. I think he was the the TV uh, champion at this time. Mm. Um, so yeah, they, this. I mean, they also did have Brian Nobbs as a, a singles competitor. So the, it's not always uh, fun. But uh, Randy Savage was was back. Uh, yeah. So they, they did have the talent. They did have the name value. It's just the, the booking absolutely let them down. Yeah, they killed Goldberg by this stage. Um, mm-hmm. Page was, DDP was hugely popular as a babyface. And they Super turned over. him heel. And, 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 yeah, and they killed him. They turned Sting heel at one stage. They turned Goldberg heel at one stage. They took Goldberg's music away. And I'm a big Megadeth fan, but they took Goldberg's music away and come to the ring to Megadeth at one stage. Three quarters of Goldberg's axe is fucking entrance. You yeah. know, it's like... And you see that in this show where he's uh, essentially stood in the middle of the pyro, breathes it in. That's a that's a cool visual. Yeah. That when he when he blows it out uh, via uh, his nostrils, looking like a dragon. But uh, let's let's kind of describe how we get to this main event. So essentially, after uh, well, uh, we have to. We do, unfortunately. <laughs> so after this match, Sting is the new champion. We cut to uh, um, a split screen of Charles Robinson on the phone to uh, Rick Flair, who's in the, still in the loony bin. Um, and he's saying, right, Charles, you now have to book uh, Sting versus Goldberg for Slamboree. Uh, so Charles goes ahead and books that. So Kevin Nash comes to the to the ring um, and, and as as loving more hating for his wrestling and, and for his booking, he is a cool looking yeah. sort of a bitch. And that yeah. wolf pack, the NWO yeah. wolf pack music is just yeah. that is so cool. He is he's so cool. He may be the coolest looking person who's ever wrestled. Not Skinner, um, no. Definitely not Skinner. So anyway, Nash comes <laughs> to the ring and he says, Oh, it seems to me that my uh everybody's forgot that I've got a title shot at Slamboree, a guaranteed title shot. Um but seeing as uh, people are booking title matches for, for Slambury, I'm essentially invoking my right to a, a match. Um, and I'm, I'm challenging DDP, I'm challenging Goldberg, and I'm challenging you, Sting, new champion, um, to a, a fatal four-way. Uh, one pin to the finish, and whoever wins leaves uh, Fargo uh, as, as champion. So Sting answers and he says, uh, yeah, as champion, uh, I'm back uh, and I'm back in black and I want a piece of you, Kevin Nash. So woo, let's do it, uh, which leads to uh, to the match that we've got. Yeah, so, I mean, I did watch this, magazine. I'm a little confused now hearing it all back. Nash challenged them to the Fatal 4-Way in the same night, as in tonight. Let's do it tonight. So, yeah, so we have the Sting match. Sting yes, wins yes. the title. Um, then we Nash is pissed off that he has uh, he's now been usurped from that slambery match because Charles Robinson and Ric Flair have booked Sting to defend yep. against Goldberg. 
Okay, so yeah. he's come out and said, I was meant to get a title match at Slambury. I now want my title match tonight, and I want a fatal four-way because of everyone who's involved in the story. Um, let's essentially put this to bed. Winner takes all. Uh, and that's where we, we, we end that and we, we go into the main event, essentially. Yeah, that's how I understood it. Um, so you've got to ask the question there. Why would Nash do that? If he's got a title match with a, with a single champion, why would he then turn around and add other people to the match and say, let's make it a four-way and, uh, and restrict his, his chances? It makes no sense. Okay, and it, I, I totally agree with you, but there is uh, a little bit of reason behind it, and that's why I went to uh, to kind of watch the, 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 the main event from the week previous. It's because of DDP... Uh, kind of uh, attacking Goldberg uh, in his match. Um, Kevin Nash comes out to make the save, and then mm. DDP attacks Kevin Nash. So this was uh, kind of in the middle of uh, Kevin Nash's uh, kind of cool uh, face uh, period of WCW. Um, so he essentially wants to get everybody in the ring who's wronged him uh, and, and the champion of Sting and, and take the title off him and, and lay the smack on a few people at the same time. Sometimes baby faces are stupid, aren't they? All the time. Like Sting is the most stupid. trusting stupid man on planet. The amount, he, he is. the amount of times Ric Flair has screwed him over. Lex Luger. Yeah, and Lex Luger, yeah. So, Lex Luger's his best mate, and then he's his biggest enemy, then his best mate, and his biggest... Oh. Mm-hmm. Wake up, Sting! I mean, we oh, might dear. get that with Darby Allen soon. Yes. Yeah, very true. Um... The four-way between Nash, Goldberg, Page, and Sting is, I suppose, kind of similar to the match we saw earlier. Very, very simple. It's very, it's, it's kind of scruffy. I've got a note here basically saying lots of punches and kicks and lots of Nash just staggering about. Yeah, it, it was essentially people almost fighting on, on an ass rink because yeah. the amount of times that they fell over or that they were knocked down. Yeah, they, I mean, with the people in in this ring, um, Goldberg, not the best of, of wrestlers in terms of kind of a technical. Kevin Nash uh, is obviously the, the big guy, uses his boot a hell of a lot in this match, like a hell of a lot. Um, but yeah, this was never going to be in a, cl- a classic. Um, but I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed... Sting versus DDP because it was short. <laughs> it, it, and it, it's horrible to say, uh, but I was glad that it, it, it was short. If this went 20 minutes, I would have been tearing my hair out. Yeah. Um, the fact it only goes about seven, eight minutes, mm-hmm. it, it was like a godsend. Yeah, I mean, it is, I, it is I bitterly regret my pick. <laughs> I bitterly regret it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, I can summarize it so quickly. There's lots of punches and kicks. Nash is staggering <laughs> around. Paige spends a lot of time on the outside. We get some stinger splashes. It's all a bit of a mess. We, we get about a dozen stinger splashes. Yeah. Um, Nash goes for a kick in the corner, misses, and makes a really weird non Kevin ah! Nash noise. Yeah, that was it. Um, <laughs> We see a couple of spears, a jackhammer, then Randy Savage turns up. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of that's kind of it. That leads to the finish, doesn't it? And Savage helps Paige, even though yeah. he's NWO, yeah. which kind of doesn't make sense. But it WCW makes, uh, at this time made no sense. WCW in this time period gives me headaches. I mean, 
why Savage threw the nooks to the the brass nooks to to Page is baffling. I mean, for mm-hmm. someone who doesn't know, uh, is not a, a an avid watcher of this era of WCW, yeah, it, it seemed to make not a lick of sense. Uh, but yeah, essentially, um, we see a lot of kind of attempts at, at finishing moves that are broken up, uh, a lot of kind of like heavy hitting moves, but nothing really um, technically skillful. Uh, a lot of um, stinger splashes. Uh, we do get um, a scorpion deathlock, which is which is is is, nice. is decent, I suppose. <laughs> um, and then uh, we get the the savage reveal. He comes in, um, uh, basically starts with uh, DDP, and we get like a um, I want to say it were a diamond cutter, but it was a horrific looking diamond mm-hmm. cutter. I'm, I'm, it was a me- it's just a mess, isn't it? Yeah, it is a mess, uh, but. DDP started the show as champion, lost the belt, and won the belt back uh, by the end of the show. So we are in the status quo. And this is time in my life I'm never going to get back. I know, but I needed to win, so I had to butter up the electric with uh, with two terrible matches. Do you know what, right? You say you needed to win, and for some somehow this got you over the line, okay? This fucking nonsense from crazy-ass time in WCW got you over the line. My selection was the Southern Boys versus the Midnight Express mm-hmm. from the Great American Bash 1990. Two of the greatest tag teams of all time in one of the greatest tag team matches of that era, and yet people voted for this. I, again, this gives me more headaches than I think WCW in 99 does. Why, why, why is that? Why? You are you are completing the heel turn today. Am I? Oh, yeah, you are. You really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the the whole point of this this show is not always to watch amazing wrestling. Though the whole point yeah. is is to poke fun at some of the idiocies of wrestling. And in this match, and well, in these two matches, there was a lot to poke fun at. Um, the only problem is it wasn't entertaining. The stuff with Ric Flair uh, and and Charles Robinson was m- more entertaining than the matches, uh, and that was cringy at best. So, yeah, WCW was definitely on a downturn. Oh. I, I will say, if you want to see why and roughly when and how WCW went wrong, obviously they went out of business March 2001, so we've still got mm-hmm. a year and a bit or two years potentially until they're done. But from this moment onwards, um, it's just garbage. So I, I would advise looking at this episode of Nitro, skip the majority of the wrestling. You can watch the backstage moments, the stuff with Flair, and you'll see where we're going as a company and why they lose something stupid like 90 million in two years or something crazy like that. And they go from big arenas down to you know, not being able to sell out a 2000 seater hall and all, all it just in such a, like a 12 month space, just go and check out this. You, you can take your half an hour to scan through all the nonsense and you'll just go, oh, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm glad I missed this era of WC. If I was a huge WCW fan, uh, when this was going out live, I would be disappointed that I picked mm. the wrong side. Yes, well, I think people voting picked the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure we can make them do that again with this week's So we have a look where we're going to go. Oh, no, we've got to rate it, Magsy. Oh, I'm going to rate this as a three. 
This was one of the both matches together are a one point five. So Adam Adam together, yeah, three. This is one of the worst things that we've watched so far. Um oh, to is say it worse that, than Meng's thing. <laughs> yeah, because we knew that that was terrible. <laughs> I mean, Dave Meltzer didn't give Meng versus Sting four stars. No, he gave D- Dallas versus Sting four stars. Four I mean, stars. We completely forgot about that. You're you're spot on, mate. This this was joint top with with uh, DDP's of DDP's best matches in his career. This was this was one A of his best match of his career. If that's the case, he's had a shit career. Because this match was was it, it was boring, and mm. that's one of the worst things a wrestling match can be is boring. Um, I didn't okay. enjoy it at all outside the last three four minutes. Yeah, okay, playing devil's advocate there then, and I like Diamond Dallas Page, but I can't pinpoint. Yeah, I like the guy. I, I, I can't I, pinpoint why. Okay, if this is the best match of his career or joint best match of his career, can you name me any good DDP matches? This is this is it, and this was yeah. something actually we're thinking about whilst I was watching this match. What match was better than this? And I think his match at WrestleMania 18 versus Christian is a way mm-hmm. better match than this. And is that more so down to Christian? I'd, I'd say. No, I think Dallas was certainly um, it was certainly good at wrestling, but. <sighs> You can tell that he came to wrestling very, very late. Mm. He he had that appeal with the crowd, but perhaps he didn't have the the fundamentals uh, down, especially yeah. enough to be the, the the top guy in the business, uh, the world champion. Um, yeah, it, in hindsight, it wasn't a good move. I don't think to have. Somebody so green as 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 the the top guy in, in your company. Mm. Yes, yes. I'll tell you what, Chris in the chat there just gave a great shite. Um, mm-hmm. The Havoc, Halloween Havoc match with Goldberg. That's that's mm-hmm. that's a decent shite. That's a good that's a good contest. I don't mind that at all. Yeah, and, but, and I think it kind of like um, rubber stamps um, why we feel the way we do about Dave Meltzer because. He gave this a four. Four. He misled us. Yeah, <laughs> and and recently he he's he's been doing the same with with AEW matches. I mean, mm. there was the the uh, the hardcore match uh, with Moxley and uh, Omega, I think it was uh, recently that he gave four and a half. Even though he said in his review he hated it and he never wants to see anything like this again, but he gave it a four and a half. Yeah. Uh, and and then there was another one recently that he said he didn't. Um, he didn't care for the match, but the crowd enjoyed it. So it's worth four and a half stars. And it's why, no where, are you, yeah, where are you basing your, your rating system on? It, it, it makes no sense. We've watched worse rated matches than this. A lot worse rated matches that I thought were way better wrestling mm. matches. And this got four stars. I don't understand it. So there you go. Anyone listening? watching the live, watching the video back, listening to the audio podcast version later in the week, the Meltzer star system is not to be trusted. The chain wrestling out of 10 system, however, is where it's at. It is. So, again, circling back, I would give these two matches together a three. 
I think it's among the worst things that we've watched in the nearly 50 episodes that we've been doing this show. Mm. Yeah, I no, bitterly I, regret I, putting these forward. Mm. Well, I don't actually, because it, it's been entertaining. Uh, we've uh, got some enjoyment out of it. I suppose, maybe. Um, I've, I like the fact that we spoke about music for so long, so we haven't had to I talk know. about this for too long. So for the audio <laughs> release, I might just cut this wrestling bit out and, and, yeah. and just, <laughs> just put about the music. <laughs> oh, um, I, I'm I'm a similar mindset, Magsy. Um, I enjoyed it because it was WCW rather than enjoying it because it was good. Mm-hmm. I liked seeing Sting. I liked seeing Goldberg. I liked all that and and the flare stuff made me laugh for a bit before it wore quite thin. It, it is wore thin very quickly yeah. as well. Um, very quickly. The final couple of minutes is a great exchange in the first match. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go four, I think. Um, purely because of the, the final exchange with the, the tombstone reversals and so on. It took that, me by that, such surprise. I was probably, probably like, whoa. Me. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll probably go a four, I think, mate. Yeah, I, I I like you, man. So you're you're um, way more positive uh, for this than me. But that's that's I, I suppose that's because you were a huge WCW fan at the time. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about it at the time. I don't remember being this bad. <laughs> Where do you want to go next week, Mags? Okay, so this was all in the build up to Slambury, um, mm-hmm. which was. Um, uh, St. Louis, Missouri, 9th of May. Uh, so um, a, a couple of weeks on from this show. Um, but I don't want to stick with WCW. I think we've seen enough of them over the last couple of weeks. Um, so I actually uh, thought, what was going on on the other side? Um, so Slamboree was uh, right in between two WWE pay-per-views. Um, on uh, after Slambury was uh, um, was over the edge, nineteen ninety nine, which is uh, for those who don't mm. know, was uh, is it's it's not a show that I really want to revisit no, because of no. what happened on it. Uh, unfortunately, we we lost uh, one of the, the the best wrestlers never to be world champion in in, in Owen Hart. Um, so I don't really think we uh, I want to go there because. No that will always kind of sully the memory. Even if the matches were absolutely outstanding, it's always going to be overshadowed by the loss of a great like Owen Hart. But what we got the week, um, the week after um, um, Slambury was a, a WWF No Mercy, um, but it was a, a special No Mercy because it was actually from the UK. Um, so, uh, this took place from the Manchester Evening News Arena. Uh, it was actually the first ever No Mercy event, and later on in the year they'd have a, a full-blown WWF pay-per-view uh, of uh, of No Mercy. Um, and we got eight matches on the card. I'm tempted to go with the opener because it was Tiger Ali Singh defeating Gilbert. Which you're not going to go with you're not going to go with all eight, no? And I mean, the rules again. We could, um, <laughs> but I'm going to go for the main event. Uh, the main event is an anything goes triple threat match for the WWF title. And you've got a champion coming into the match, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, taking on Triple H, who is uh, is partnered with China, and The Undertaker, who has Paul Bearer by his side. So that's the match that I want to go for. Um, no Mercy, 1999 UK uh, and it's Stone Cold Steve Austin 
versus Triple H versus The Undertaker in an anything goes triple threat match. Bloody hell. That's putting out the big guns magazine. Names like that. Austin, Triple H, Taker, mm-hmm. Triple Threat. Why? I'm, okay. I got I got the taste for wins and I, mm. I, I want to keep going. Ah, see, this is going to be very interesting. This this is really interesting because you've got you you got a great option there with some brilliant names um and so on. I'm gonna go with the other side with WCW. I'm gonna stay with WCW, but oh, with some Lord. No, 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 no. This is good WCW. This is this is good WCW. I'm gonna go with some of the biggest names to ever be in WCW. I'm gonna use um the fatal four-way at the end of the show. One of the competitors there has my link. And I basically, after watching this awfulness that was WCW in 99, I want to go to one of the greatest moments WCW ever had. And the noise and the crowd and the feeling and what made you happy to be a WCW fan at this time. And I want to go using Goldberg as the link. I want to go to the July 6th, 1998 episode of Nitro, where it was the Georgia Dome. 44,000 people for an episode of Nitro. 44,000 people, just put that into context, in Bill Goldberg's hometown. For a weekly, a weekly televised show. Yeah, That's yeah. ridiculous numbers. Well, for, for, for Goldberg's home state, I believe, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's Bill Goldberg, who is the United States champion. He first has to defend his United States title to get an opportunity. When he does that successfully, he faces the leader of the NWO and WCW world champion, Hollywood Hulk Hogan in the main event. And we have heel Hogan in his prime wrestling, the hottest baby face WCW. And I think at the time, mid 98, probably one of the two hottest baby faces in the world in Bill Goldberg. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you could, you know, flip a coin between him and Austin. I mean, they look exactly the same as well. Hmm. Well, one so, looks like a roided up version of the other. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, don't go wrong. It's Goldberg versus Hogan. It's not going to be a, you know, Tokyo Dome five-star classic or anything like that. However, it is a fantastic watch because the mm-hmm. crowd, the atmosphere, the story going in, just everything about And this is when WCW peaked for me. Everything they did previously built to this night, this moment. And and there's, there's the 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 old story of it, of them essentially giving away a pay per view level match on free TV. I mean, mm-hmm. this was at the time this was probably the biggest match that WCW could have booked, uh, especially in terms of singles matches. Uh, and this could have easily um, headlined whichever pay per view they wanted to put it on. Um, but yeah. yeah, they gave this away on free TV. Yeah, it's it's outstandingly crazy booking, but it's it's amazing at the same time. So even um, when they were brilliant, they were batshit crazy. Correct. Mm. But honestly, I can't. If you've never seen this match, I can't stress enough how fantastic a moment this is. The crowning mm-hmm. of Goldberg, the streak is still alive, and don't think of Goldberg now as the wobbly old man who brings his son out all the time and beats your favourites in 30 seconds and you hate him. This Goldberg was the man. He, This was the three minutes and I'm out of here, uh, yeah. but I'll, I'll destroy five people in, in, a, in a single show. A uh, killing machine. He was. He was. 
It was indeed. So your options for next week that will be up on the Twitter poll after the audio podcast version of the show comes out on Wednesday. Um, your options are No Mercy 99 from the UK, a triple threat anything goes match for the WWF World Championship, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Triple H versus The Undertaker, or we have Bill Goldberg, the United States Champion, challenging Hollywood Hulk Hogan, the WCW World Champion, from an episode of Nitro on July the 6th, 1998. Two, two brilliant 90s choices. That's peak Attitude Era wrestling, isn't it? And two, uh, five of the biggest names that we've ever had in the wrestling business. We've got WCW doing brilliant, WWF doing brilliant. Those names, like you said, Magsy. Oh, this is a, this is a pole and a half, this is. I, I, I secretly hope this, this goes 50-50, so we have to watch them both. Oh, that's a shite. That's a shite. Ah, okay. Mike Z, do you want to let everyone know whereabouts they can find you online, on the Twitter land, and everywhere else? Yep. Firstly, I want to give a massive thanks to everybody who uh, got involved with this with uh, the non-wrestling topic. It was one oh, yes. of the, the best ones that we've done. We really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and everybody who's been in the chat, uh, new and old, we absolutely uh, love the fact that you, uh, you are getting involved. This show is about you. This is your show. You dictate uh, where we go on the topics that we, we talk about. So we, we appreciate you immensely. Uh, in terms of uh, more content from me, you can follow me down here on uh, the Twitters at Podfather Max. Um, I'm heavily involved in all things Radio Techers. Uh, recently, we've uh, uh, been covering MMA uh, with the football international break. We've got some uh, some uh, pre-recorded stuff coming out. We did a, a, an interesting chat about um, introducing Americans to the, the Premier League. But you can also find me uh, on Chairshot and Videos Global Media. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty pretty much all over your airwaves. So definitely uh, come and check out some more of my content. Yes, definitely do so. And on that note, check out Radio Techers. Make sure you're giving it a like, a follow, press the little bell button, all yes. that good stuff, a subscription, subscribe, everything that you have to do on that to make sure you're getting the notifications for when all the guys go live or their shows drop or anything along those lines. Um, you can follow me at SJP Words on Twitter. You can follow the show at Chain underscore Wrestling on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The poll is always going to be on Twitter, but you can follow us elsewhere as well. And I try and put a link up to take you to the Twitter. So if you've got a Twitter, you're still, you know, you can click there and go and, and, and whatnot. Um, coming next week, we have obviously the winner of this poll, whatever the non-wrestling topic may be. But Mags and I may have a little news for you about a special Halloween show. <laughs> Anyway, Magsy, <laughs> Magsy, it's been an absolute pleasure and a joy again. I look forward to it next week, my friend. Follow the show at Chain Underscore Wrestling. Um, I'm off now to listen to Stargazer by Rainbow because it's freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, brilliant. I'm going to check that album out as well. Um, so thank you all again for, for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye.